0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time. Introducing first, fighting. Out of the blue corner right down right
1: there. hold on right there. boom I faked him oh sh- whoa that was whoa I'm back, I'm back. but my like man. I'm gonna go home tonight I'm gonna drink at Coors Light fighting out of
2: the red corner I completely dominated that fifth round that fifth round want me to fight from the bottom of my heart I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody <laughs>
0: show in America, Caged in MMA.
3: And we are back here at the worldwide sports radio network studios i am your host errol marks my co-host anthony andarosi as you know this is caged in mma we do this show every single other friday how do you reach us you can call us at 631-971-8070 you can call us at 631-965 4990. And remember, guys, you can follow us by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com And search us on all our social medias by going to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, radio.com, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio. Those are all our live Shows where you can find our live shows on all the different social media outlets. If you want to hear our shows replayed, the podcast, you can go to every single outlet. You find us at Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Mr. Anthony. What's going on, my friends? What's going on, buddy? Well, you got to talk onto the mic, and I've been telling you this for a long, long time. But uh, eventually, I got to. Yes, yeah. just like I got your name, it took me two weeks or two or three weeks, but I got your name. So uh, maybe another three or four weeks, you'll know how to use the mic. Give or take, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, as you guys know, we are we have very special guests today. We're going to have Ryan Castro, MMA fighter, kickboxer, professional fighter. He's going to be calling the show at 6.30. And after that, we're going to have your ex-coach. Chris
4: Papandrea, the guy that
3: basically put that seed in my head.
4: Poor people. I don't know what that boy thought when he got me involved in MMA. But he's out there in Rochester. Over in Indiana, dynamic jiu owner, head instructor, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, black belt, amongst other things. Over 30 years experience. Um, very underrated coach, and I can tell you this, wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge. I can't say it enough. And I'm not saying just because he was my first coach, but I'm telling you right now. Whatever this kid says, I'm telling you, it's just bunch of stuff this kid's got in that noggin of his
3: well i i I do want to get into what does that sound right there you gotta mute that thing right Uh, there man i am muting it. Ah, well you have it on screaming in the background but uh i do want to get into ufc 249 and and the reason why i want to get into ufc 249 is because we don't know if there's going to be a ufc 249 because dana white has been playing around with the this issue since the coronavirus even came out and the problem with this particular situation is UFC two, 249 has been one of the big talked about really cards we've been talking about for the whole year since we heard that Ferguson was going to fight Khabib for the first time in their careers. This these guys have been fight, been wanting to fight for almost 3 or 4 years. They've backed out of both their all three of those fights. They've been all around back and forth banter with both uh teams and and really You're wondering when you you think about Khabib, what was he thinking when he decided to go back to Russia knowing that he was not sure if UFC 4249 was going to be canceled? Now, you look at Dana White, and I I know a lot of people were playing April Fool's jokes that uh, Conor McGregor was going to step in and fight Ferguson. I was one of the people that got hoaxed on it. But not even that – I think when you look at the big picture right now, with the U- the state of the UFC and, and boxing, you don't know what's going to happen and what's going to be next when it comes to the fights. Now, there, the fights have been usually fights are planned three four months ahead in uh, uh, ahead of time, and now all these cards, all these boxing fights, all these preferable fights at these certain locations are going to be canceled when corona is gone what is boxing going to do when are they going to have these fights when are they going are these people going to get their money back because they or are are, are they going to find a way to one way or another next year uh have these fights at those locations that's going to be a question that the ufc bellator and boxing as a whole is going to have to answer
4: a lot of a lot of this is going to and it's going to be a lot of different issues the promoters are going to have issues with when it is time that everything passes and we're going into now rescheduling. Are the fight cards going to be the same? Are the fighters going to be on weight? Are they going to be healthy? Now you saw it, I think, on ESPN, they were talking about the NFL was doing a prerequisite that you're going to have to, before the beginning of the season, one of the prerequisites, excuse mm-hmm. me, is passing the coronavirus test before you could actually start with any type of football activities. It
3: will definitely be upgraded, It too. will. Yes. Now,
4: that's probably going to be the same thing that all of these athletic, you know, all these athletic um, associations are going to have to do as well, mm-hmm. along with the promotions as well. And they're really going to have to get really thorough with that specifically because, let's be real, you're going to be, you got two guys, half naked, you know what I mean, going for about a good 15 minutes. You can't get much closer than that. You
3: know what I mean? I, I'm I'm really bothered by what Dana White has to say, and I was going to take clips on some of the press conferences that he's had over the last couple of days, the weeks, and 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 when he does a press conference, he's doing uh, the out uh, the outtake of his home. You know, he's not doing. He's not standing in front of the press because obviously the coronavirus does not want more than 50 people in the same place. Really, more than done 10 people. In the last couple of days, no. But, he
4: hasn't done in the last couple of days. But, this,
3: this fight's not happening. But if you think about it, if you think about the big picture right now of where the UFC is, if this fight is canceled, now Khabib has come out and said that he wants to fight uh, Ferguson in August. So you're pretty much saying that you're backing out of the fight. That's what Khabib is saying right now. He's not fighting in, uh, in a couple of weeks. He's not – actually, a week from now, he's not fighting in a week. And that means that Ferguson is ready to fight and it's just not going to happen. That's what it seems like it's going to – it seems like what's happening is it's going to be canceled. Now, this has been a problem with this fight for years. When you think about Khabib, you think about Ferguson, for years, these two guys were supposed to fight. And two out of the three times, Khabib backed out for dehydration. Dehydration. The third time was um, the, the, the tear in um, – Ferguson's knee and he had to get surgery so this has been a problem with the UFC getting this fight in where everybody is looking forward to see arguably the two best fighters in that weight class at 155 now I know it's not Dana White's fault and I know a lot of people are going to say well why are you blaming Dana White I'm not blaming anybody I'm blaming Dana White because Dana White has been speculating that this fight was going to happen Now this fight is a week away, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It doesn't even look like... Because how is it going to happen when you're not even promoting it on TV? There is no self-promotion by the UFC to make sure you buy the ticket. Not
4: only that, but he, I believe he actually dubbed this as the... He was going to make this a blockbuster fight card.
3: Well, What's so blockbuster about this card? I have
4: no... Damn idea. Ferguson and Khabib but is the only big blockbuster on I have no idea what card. he was doing with it. I don't know what he said that he had up his sleeve. But for Dana White not to be on TV and you know coming out you know out of his den or whatever the hell it is when he goes on ESPN, he really has no excuse for not talking mm-hmm. and not updating and not saying that this is going to happen or whatnot. In fact, the only thing that he's going to look more re- – I think if he doesn't cancel it now and he waits right before to cancel it, it's going to turn into similar – he's going to try to make out of it what he did when he canceled the fight with the whole John Jones and Dan Henderson thing. He's going to try to blame it on, oh, well, he's going to he's blame it on Khabib. He's, he's going to You that. know he's going to blame it on Khabib. You he's, know that. He
3: doesn't like Khabib.
4: Because then he's going to turn around and say, why the hell did you leave knowing you're not going to be able to make it back? That one question that that one interview, that one uh, journalist asked him – and the only answer he had was that long monologue about, i got to protect my family and this and that, and it's got to be safe. Well, he's such. right. He, Which he, is right. Yes, he's but absolutely But Dana White's right. going to try to spin it.
3: You know that. Well, he's been spinning this for a long, long time with Khabib. I don't think he likes Khabib. Now, here's the thing. For years, Dana White has stuck up for Conor McGregor. All the missed, mishaps off, off, uh, out of the octagon. Protect the Golden Goose. Uh, um, and really, what he says and what he does outside the ring to me, is absolutely ridiculous. And this guy has gotten away with murder. Now, if Khabib says something or Khabib does something, how many times have we seen Conor McGregor not show up to press conferences? How many times have we seen Conor McGregor show up late to press conferences when press conferences start an hour before he shows an hour late? And he says, oh, car trouble. Yeah, he's driving a Lamborghini. Car trouble it is. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, this has been a problem. in the UFC and Dana White do not know how to control their fighters. You should have known that Khabib was going back to Russia. You should have known it. Because this is the guy, this is the president. This is a guy that owned 7.5% of the UFC before they sold it. He's still the president. He's still making uh, mucho, mucho dinero. And this guy is sitting back, relaxing in his chair... Not even speaking up about 249. Nobody knows if it's going to happen or if it isn't. It's not going to happen. Well, we know it's not going to happen, gonna but happen. he's not saying that it's not going to happen. And that's what bothers me about Dana White. He's not honest with the fans. Say what you want, and a lot of commissioners aren't. Adam Silver has been very honest with the NBA fans. Gary, uh, Gary Bettman has been, believe it or not, has been honest with the NHL fans. Roger Goodell, well, what does he have to be honest with? Uh, right now it's the off season, and he's following protocol. Technically, they have the most activity right
4: now is the NFL. Yeah, because if, there's nothing
3: going on. But when April 23rd comes around, they're going to have a draft, but a draft with nobody in there except maybe the analyst.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And, that, and and no players are going. They're going to be sitting on the outskirts of their home, and you're going to see them, and they're going to see them, ah, you're jumping around with their families, and I don't know what they're going to be doing after that. But to me... When I look at Dana White and where Dana White is as the UFC president, Dana White is not looking out for the best of his fighters' interest, and he's not looking out for the best of the fans. Now, everybody will tell me when they hear this show that you don't like Dana White. Maybe so. I'm not a big fan of Dana White. I don't hate him as a person. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I never met the guy. Well, I, I, I can't lie. I did meet him. I shrugged him off, and, and ever since then, I've had my thoughts with him. I was at – and I don't know if anybody knows this story. I was in Pennsylvania. I was at a Ring of Combat tournament years and years ago. It was like – I would say it's about 11 years ago, uh, nine years ago, between 11 and nine years ago. And I was fighting on the card. I, I don't know what gym I uh, who I fought in that fight, but I won the fight by a split decision and after the fight, Dana White was there. he went into the ring and he gave me my belt and i I kind of I, I don't really like to talk or interview in the, I never did i I never like to talk to the you know the press or the analysts that were in there right. in the with the and ring announcer I don't like that so dana white was going to do the interview because it was one of the main event uh, fights on the card mm-hmm. i decided to walk out of the ring and when I walked out of the ring, and I was standing in the locker room, and you know the locker rooms. They're not locker rooms. They're like uh, – No, they're just, they're just
4: separated rooms with curtains.
3: That's what it were. That's that, all that's it what the, That's that what they were.
4: I've been there. That's so I'm sitting there, is. and I'm
3: taking the tape off my hands and my toes. I, he comes in there and says, how dare you disrespect me like that? And I said, Dana, I, I, first of all, I, I do not do interviews in the ring. I've never done an interview in the ring. I don't do interviews in the ring. And then he said, well, if, I, if, I, if somebody comes in there and wants to give you something and respect the fact that they want to hear what you have to say, you should respect the person that you're talking to. And I said, I respect you as a man, but I don't respect the fact that you're telling me that I have to speak in the ring when I don't want to. So and, – and, and that was really the, the, the least of our conversation. And Matt Sauer was there with one of his fighters, and he says he, – he told me to calm down, calm right. down, like pra- practically kiss Dana White's ass and I'm not kissing anybody's ass. Sorry I don't do that. And I, and I could tell you stories and stories and stories of different fighters that I've met and I, I'm not going to hold back on it. And I'm not going to hold back on Dana White. That was my one time meeting Dana White. And that's why when I say I've never met Dana White, I don't want to remember meeting Dana White. I want to pretend that never happened. Because to me Dana White is nothing but a big prick. That's what he is. That's the best word for him. And I could say that on radio. He's a big prick. He's not a nice person, and he has his own thoughts to what he thinks as uh, a president or owner of an organization. And because of his success story of who he is as uh, as what he's done for the UFC, he thinks he's bigger than the world. And now I'm going back to this Khabib and Ferguson fight. This guy, and I'm going to say this very, very nicely to Khabib, and I know a lot of people love him, and I'm a big fan of Khabib. I love what he did to Conor. He shut Conor up. But Khabib knew that he was fighting April 16th, or April 14th. He knew he was fighting. Why the hell is he taking a plane back to his family in Russia when he's been training for the last five months here in the States? Does that make any sense to you? Uh, it doesn't make no. any sense
4: to me. Especially since all of these flight, um, flight and quarantine precautionary measures have been taken for, how many, for a couple of months now? Nope. Yep. So if he wanted to do it, when did he leave? Last week, he left. This last week, week. I, was it last week or this week? Might it was, have been the end of last it was Sunday week or wasn't something it? like wasn't that. It something Sunday? like that. It was now, Sunday. He didn't leave right when these limitations and you know all these problems came up and all these advisories came up a month and a half ago. Because how long ago did, did Trump give the quarantine? If you flew, in? traveling a couple weeks ago, that was a few weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks. Ago. <laughs> I'll put it this way, he has had it more than enough time that he could have jumped ship then and said, "Well, listen, for the safety of my family,"
3: his excuse. A few weeks ago would
4: have been a better than the excuse laid out.
3: It seems um, like he's backing out of the fight again. That's that's the way I'm looking at it. Because Ferguson is here, he's training here, and he wants to fight. He's already come out and said he wants to fight. He's the only one that's ready to fight. And Khabib's over there saying, "I'll fight you in August," and, and they're not fighting in August. But here's the thing: I'm that telling you right now, they're not fighting. But in here's August. the
4: thing that doesn't make sense. Even if you're going by those like precautionary measures, if you go back to Russia, you're still. Technically, going to be quarantining yourself from your family for what a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, what was going to be just an extra mm-hmm. week anyway after the fight?
3: And that's why it bothers me when when you think when you think about both fighters and the fact that Ferguson's already come out. I've seen Ferguson. Ferguson has done press conversations all over. He's the, the only internet. one talking. He's the one that's speaking. He's the, he the only says, one talking. He says, "I'll fight him out and I'll fight him in my gym." He already said that uh, he can come up to my gym in California, and I'll fight him here. But Khabib flew back to Russia. Now, I understand he's trying to protect his family. How are you helping your family? You're, right now, you're, you're, your family's quarantined. Unless, so what are you doing?
4: Unless he's a can of Lysol, what the hell is he going to protect from his family?
3: If anything, he's bringing more exactly. virus or, or disease his back presence, to Russia. His
4: presence doesn't deflect anything or add anything to the health of the family. You know, it's just an extra person to bring in groceries. I mean, I don't, unfortunately, and a lot of people say, oh, you're being sarcastic and you're making fun of the guy. He's caring about his family. Well, when the first time all of these things came up about travel, which is the big issue here. He didn't have a problem with it. He didn't have a problem three and a half, four weeks ago when this came up. No. When? Seven days away from the fight?
3: He he disappears. And this is the same thing he did twice.
4: And somebody wrote that. Somebody wrote that blurb. He didn't write that blurb. No. You know he didn't write that blurb.
3: Listen, what bothers me more than anything, Anthony, is the fact that this guy backed out of another fight with Ferguson. And Ferguson, if anything, he's got another, what do you call it, a, another medal on him? Because that's three. That's three times. Because I'm not going to take it. This is the fourth time that it's been canceled. Four times. In what, four years? In and five years. Five years, I'm sorry. F- four times in five years. And... Three of the times was because of Khabib. The, third, the the one time that Ferguson was supposed to fight Khabib, he was supposed to be the next one to fight Khabib. He tore his ACL and MCL. So this is this is a problem that the UFC needs to fix. Now, I understand the corona, and we all know that. And by the way, I want everybody on Sunday at 7 p.m. to pop up on our feeds. Uh, I, I will be spinning Uh, giving away uh, free opportunities for pizza and stuff, all different things, certificate, you know, all different things that people are giving to me. Uh, I'll be playing great music, having you, having some fun, making you guys laugh. Speedy will be working the board over here. So it'll be really, really fun. And we'll be doing that for two and a half, three hours. So you guys will be entertained by me and Speedy Petey, not talking sports, talking a little sports. And you can call the show While we are doing it and spinning music, so you can interact with us while we're doing this. So it's going to be really, really fun. So I hope everybody tunes in. But before we go to break, uh, we have Ryan Castro waiting. I will tell you guys one thing and one thing only. If Khabib and Ferguson do not fight in August, they're never going to fight. It's not going to happen. They're never going to fight. And just like I believe in Conor McGregor came out the other day and said his prize fight, the one fight he wants before he retires is him and Nate Diaz. He already said he wants him and Nate three one more time. And the reason why is he knows he lost both those fights.
4: No, the reason why is he knows how much money that's going to generate.
3: Well, it's going to generate a lot of money. We're but talking he knows. about McGregor. Come on, man. McGregor he knows, about. knows he lost both those fights. He really knows he lost both those fights. He knows that people are talking. You think he's not paying attention to the press and reading newspapers and magazines, everybody saying that Nate Diaz won both those fights, and Nate Diaz got screwed on the second fight because he really won that fight? How many times have we heard that from people? He knows that before he retires, he needs to prove that even though it's 1-1 on paper, he needs to prove that he won that fight. And that's why Connor wants that fight. That's the only reason why Connor wants that fight. Anyways, we're going to come back. When we come back, we're going to come back. When we come back, we're going to have Ryan Castro, MMA fighter, kickboxing champion. And we're going to have him on the show and remember, you can call our show at 631-971-8070. I'm sorry, guys. It's been a long, long day. I've been working on a bunch of stuff for this weekend and, and really for this event we're doing Sunday. It's it's a lot of work. It really is. And very stressful. And with everything that's going on with corona, I was in a car accident a couple of months ago and going to physical therapy. It's no fun, guys. And I work at a hospital. So it's, it's a lot of work, as everybody knows. And, and I know... Everybody wants to be entertained, so when we come back, we're gonna have entertainment right in front of your eyes. (laughs) Here on Caged In MMA. And here with Anthony Andorosi and Errol Marks. We'll be back after this.
0: It's the worldwide sports radio network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner. Right
1: there, right there, hold on, right there. Boom, I faked him. Oh, sh- whoa, that was, whoa. I'm back. But, my Bobbo how you say that? I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to drink at Coors Light. Fighting out of the red corner. I completely dominated that fifth round. That fifth round want me to
2: fight. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs>
0: Show in America, Caged in MMA.
3: And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is Caged in MMA. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Anthony Andorosi. As you guys know, you can call us at 631-971-8070. And you can also reach us by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com Well, guys, I know a lot of people have been waiting for this guy to get on our show. Well, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, and we finally have him on the show. Mr. Ryan Casho, kickboxing, MMA fighter, pro fighter, great fighter, and great friend. What's going on, Ryan? What's going
2: on, brother? How are you?
3: I'm good, man. How are you? Not
2: too bad, man. You know, making the
3: most of this uh, quarantine. How's uh the new? How's the newborn over there? I, actually, she's about a year old now, right? Yeah, she's actually a year and two months now. Very, Growing very nice.
2: Fast, you know, it's got me wrapped around her finger. Mm-hmm. You know, daddy's little good. girl. A hundred percent, man. My <laughs> life is uh, is no longer my own, to say the least.
3: Very, very that's nice. All about her. Very, very nice. Well. I know you had a fight coming up and with the whole coronavirus and the whole situation and epidemic uh it was canceled. Um has there any, has there been a reschedule of the fight or are you fighting again?
5: Yeah.
2: They uh they claim to be pushing the event to uh May 29th. But I got to be honest from the start I kind of had a a weird feeling about this whole thing cuz this coronavirus has, you know, been brewing since I think November of uh, 2019 when I first heard about it. And, you know, with all the hype and these numbers uh, increasing, I, I just don't see it uh, happening. You know, uh-huh. as much as I as I want to uh, believe on, in it and, and count on it, I'm, you know, I'm still trading for it. You know, it's tough, man. It's tough to just see the light at the end of the tunnel for. Uh, Turnaround that
3: quick, you know. We are speaking to Ryan Castro, MMA fighter kickboxing champion. I, I've, I've been talking to Anthony and we've been going back and forth with what's going on in the MMA world. We were talking about – we were just speaking about Khabib and Ferguson, how Khabib decided to fly all the way to Russia seven or eight days before his fight. And he he has come out on ESPN. I mean analyst or whatever, whoever his publicist is has come out and said he will fight Ferguson in August, which probably means he's not fighting April 14th. What are your thoughts with the MMA world and what what this coronavirus is, the epidemic is doing, and then the fact that th- this fight that everybody has been looking to to to, to grasp and, and actually watch it has been canceled not once, not twice, not three times, but now four times in the last five Dude, years.
2: It's, it's it's so insane. You almost want to hold them responsible for the virus itself <laughs> because uh, it just it just seems like every. Every time they try to make this fight, something happens. And, um, you know, it seems like it's progressively a, a worse situation every every time. I'm like, I, I had no faith in this fight happening this time. I, I didn't think about it. I didn't want to believe it, you know, because I just, I don't know. It's, it's like... Uh, it's like a bad dream, you know. It's so, like,
4: you, so basically, you're 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 of the belief, same thing as Errol and probably myself, that the, you're never going to see these two guys in the ring ever.
2: No, no, there's no way. I mean, it would have happened already. I mean, how many? If you look at the history of the sport itself, has there ever been a fight that they have tried to make so many times that that doesn't happen? It's just it's unheard of, nah. you know. So you I think this is going down the road?
4: Do you think this is going down the road of? You know, eventually we're going to see these guys fighting in their 40s like we did Mayweather and Pacquiao, right? Mm.
5: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Even if, I mean, I'm really concerned for the sport um, entirely, you know, I mean, I feel like um, with this pandemic, you know, you're starting to see a shift in the way that we live our lives now. And that's what concerns me. I, I don't know, you know, if these numbers keep on increasing and people keep on dropping and so on and so forth. Who's to say that they'll ever allow events like that? You know, it, we might come to a, i feel like come to a point where they're going to do everything, um, you know, from home. Like they're not going to let crowds in. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm thinking a little bit too far ahead and, and maybe not, you know, as positive as I, as I usually like to think, but I don't know, man. I just got a bad feeling about this thing.
3: We are speaking to Ryan Castro, MMA fighter, kickboxing champion, Ryan, when you look at the way in the state of fighting is concerned, Bellator is no longer – they don't have pay-per-views anymore. They have canceled their pay-per-views. And I'm not even talking about corona. They they just weren't making enough money. Bellator wasn't making enough money for the pay-per-views, so they decided to, they're not even doing pay-per-views anymore. And the state of the UFC, and me and Anthony go back and forth the last couple of weeks on this, is yeah. who is the next big fighter in the UFC? You have Conor I McGregor that comes that. back. You have John Jones now that gets arrested for what? Four times? Well, four times, time. yeah. four times yeah. he's been arrested. So he's going to be suspended for at least a year now again. So Reyes and him, number two, is never going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, where is the UFC going? Where Where is their next big champion? I don't see it. I It's hard to see it, too, but I think
2: they're really building up Moxley doll. There's a lot of hype behind him. You could pretty much match that guy up against anybody at 155 or 170, and, you know, people are going to get hyped to see him. But here's the thing. Now, this guy loses, right? Then then what? Then who's the next big draw? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, momentum is all about... Momentum and hype is all about victories. You know what I mean. He's he's he has a lot of uh, a lot of losses on his uh, record. A lot of losses that I don't even believe he you know he deserves. But more or less, you know, you could win three, four, five fights in a row. You lose one one bad fight, then your reputation is destroyed It's like the, starting from the ground up. The know? funny thing
4: is, he hasn't even think- won five or that many fights in a row. Because, like you said, he's got a yeah, lot of losses. Yeah, like three, right? Exactly. He's only on a three-fight win streak, and one of them came from. And I think the big, the big one was that whole knee Nate knockout, Diaz.
3: the Nate no. Diaz one.
4: No, the Him biggest beating. one. The biggest one, really, unfortunately, was the Askren knee. But, but Askren was yeah. half dead anyway yeah. before
3: he got in the ring. I, I'm yeah, not a big yeah. fan of Askren, anyway. No, he, uh, he, 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 he's no, a schmaz. I never believed that hype man. Yeah, yeah. he's a wrestler.
2: He's you know, B, B League, C League, yeah. you
3: kind know, of. It, it, it. He went over. Askren came over here. And uh As part of the trade and, for Mighty Mouse. And, and Mighty Mouse went we over lost, there. They
4: lost that trade.
3: And, and, and to be honest with you, Askren should have lost his first fight, but somehow he, he he wasn't knocked out. His his face was bleeding, and he he tapped out. What's his name again? Um, what, Rob, yeah. the Robbie Lawler? Robbie Lawler, when, yes. when he popped back up and yep. Herb Dean was all apologetic? Absolutely, because <laughs> Robbie Lawler <laughs> won that fight. It was absolutely a ripoff. off And then finally he went into a second fight. He was an undefeated fighter. This guy's a wrestler, but there is no other fighter. I'm going up and down their roster right now, and, and I'm telling you right now, there is nobody on their roster that really stands out. Who's going to find Amanda yeah, Nunes? You're right. Who's going to find I'm Amanda not, Nunes? I'm not
2: excited for any of these cards that really... Uh... That they make it's, it's stacked as people want to see. They're like, oh, because they jam title fights now, interim titles, top contenders. But I couldn't tell you last time I bought a pay-per-view because it just doesn't excite me. There's no uh, no flavor, man. It's not like it was back in the day when you had Chuck and Tito and you know these these old school guys who had their own character. Matt Hughes and like GSP. It, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah,
2: he was, you know. Unbelievable! It's like nobody, everybody now. I feel like it's like watered down.
5: Uh-huh. You know, and I, and you want to know kind something?
2: They all act the same. They all kind of talk the same. They try to follow the same, you know, guidelines. Talking shit on the twitters and all these interviews. It's like it, it just seems staged. And, since since uh, the UFC was bought off, it seems a lot more like like the wrestling nowadays. Uh-huh. And the funny
4: thing is, I think when it comes to building a lot of those names building that next wave, you know, commercially, they're not doing that much education with it, not to mention they're not showing their faces. So there's not a lot of knowledge like they used to do. If you haven't, if nobody's noticed, they replaced. And I mean, it's, it's pretty bad when it goes from one thing to the other like this, but a lot of times if it's not broke, don't fix it. They yeah, replaced right the that. ultimate fighter with the contender series. So now you're bringing a yeah. lot of guys in, that nobody knows I mean when you look at it from the standpoint of if you unless you're on YouTube all the time and you're following everything on topology and you're not going to know who a lot of those guys are we thankfully just because we're in the New York area we all know William Knight William Knight was the most the, yeah. you know what I mean or you want
2: to hear something funny you know they offered me um, a fight with him they offered me ten thousand dollars on a day's notice to fight him at 205 pounds. This was earlier this year.
4: Do you know mm-hmm. why that doesn't surprise maybe. me? Ryan, how many how many weight classes have you
2: fought in, huh? <laughs>
4: you see him laughing <laughs> because the, well, probably the only one he hasn't fought
2: at is heavyweight. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe one day I will. But, but truthfully, the only reason why I fought at um, middleweight or that catchweight with Eric was because we were so familiar with with him. Right. You know, I we trained with him for years. There was no surprises there. We We knew how that fight would play out more or less. Not saying that I wouldn't fight at that weight again if if, if the money was right or, you know, if if my weight was out of control. But um,
4: Ryan, think, Ryan, you know, I'm telling you, Ryan will fight at heavyweight. I'm sorry, not that I'm trying to talk, talk like you're not yeah. here. He, he loves fight, you. He, he loves will, you. He will, he will fight at heavyweight just to say that he did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, just to, he, just to say that he did it, that's the way he is. I'm
2: it sounds to, like him. I'm trying to get these guys to let me fight more than once in a night especially if I'm kickboxing you know how,
3: oh how you need you want that? the tournament like back
2: 4 man or eight man you know kickboxing tournament two rounds at a clip you know and just like eliminate it through I think that would you know
4: basically yeah, you're, you 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 need that glory yeah. you need that glory deal you need that yeah, glory deal now with pro kickboxing right
2: now you know I've, I've, I've taken a, a step out of uh, MMA because I, I really wanted to get as comfortable as I can. Striking and strike with the best strikers that are out there. Gradually work my way up, and then uh, you know, once I get a a comfortable ten kickboxing fights that are like hard, hard fought victories, not you know me just walking through somebody. I think that's when I'll, I'll go back into MMA. You know, that's that's more or less my my plan right now.
4: I, I got I got to tell I, have, I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. You'll you didn't even know this happened. There was as we all know. Okay. I've refereed a lot of fights. I've refereed a lot of Ryan's fights. And when yeah, Ryan gets, <laughs> when Ryan's in the ring, Ryan is one of those guys that the, U- and I'm not doing it to kiss your ass or anything. Yes, you're sure one of those, maybe a little bit. <laughs> you're one of those guys that the UFC would really like. I mean, if you ever see just his pre fight, you know, disposition, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it's meant for posters. He's, he's posing constantly. Posing. Yeah. You know, Ryan likes, like, oh, Ryan likes to talk to Ryan likes to talk to one yeah, time. He does. No, this is the honest God truth. Yes, one he time, does. I was on my way to a fight that you were participating in. I was refing that night. Somebody called me and said, and I don't know if we could do this. And what happened was the boss wasn't around. So they had somebody there just to fill in a spot. Long story short, they asked me if we go to Castro's coach and ask, Can we have an MMA fight if they both agree to no kicks? (laughs) I swear to Jesus this happened. I'm not sure if you heard about this, but I swear to Jesus this happened. No, because I said, do not dare go and ask anyone over there. Because at this time, you were still with East West. Okay. Okay,
2: Do not. I said, that was
4: Coach Bobby. I said, don't, do not go over and ask Coach Bobby that ridiculous request. Because yeah, you know he, he
2: would have walked out with the whole team.
4: I was going to say, he was exactly, that. I said, don't do it. Well, what if the coach, I said, it doesn't matter. This is, he knows what rules he signed up for. He's <laughs> going with the rules and all that. Long story short. And that's the thing. A lot of
2: people don't understand that preparation is everything.
3: Oh, in any sport that you play. Everybody tells you, if you don't have the proper technique and, and the proper training, you're not going to win. In anything that you do yep. in professional sports or even amateur style of fighting or even in basketball, if you're, if you're an amateur basketball player or a junior hockey player playing for Team USA, if you're technically not sound, you're not skating three hours every day, you're not going to be able to compete with the other guys cuz they're doing just as much or maybe more. So, you have to be 110% consistent. By the way, we are yep. talking to Ryan Castro, MMA fighter, kickboxing champion. Ryan, I want to go to you. And and, and we look I I've, I've watched you fight a couple of times. I know you personally, uh, we we have the same friends. Um, I have watched you grow up right in front of our eyes. Uh, Me as a person, as a man, I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 38 years old. So I watched you grow up as a fighter. And like Anthony was saying, you've been in so many different weight classes, so many different weight classes. I've seen you really, really thin and I've seen you pretty big and broad, when, you were about like to say fat?: guns. You were no, about to broad. Say fat. No, I wouldn't say fat. No <laughs> I' I've never, seen him, I've never seen him husky or fat.: <laughs> I:
2: carry, I carry a little in, Yeah. In, in I, like, that's how I region, am.
3: You know? That's how I am. Everybody I'm is?: my... Go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry..:
2: nah, I was,
5: I
3: was No, Because I, 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 I will tell you this. I, when I go out and I ask people, "How much do you think I weigh?" and I tell them I'm 215 pounds, they say, "Where?" because I don't know where... You look like you're 180, 180. I hold my weight pretty well.
4: Yeah, I usually ask that question just to see if they have the balls to answer that. (laughs) But honestly... (laughs) Muscle yeah. weighs more than fat, buddy. Okay, I got both. Yes, so we're, exactly this, right. chair is, this chair is in trouble. <laughs> we got
3: another show before I'm sitting on a
4: metal steel folding chair over here.
3: But, Ryan, when you look at, and you said you're right now at kickboxing, and I don't know what your, your dreams and admirations are as a fighter. Are you doing this just because you love it, or are you planning to move forward with uh, it as a professional? All
2: right. This is like um, a broken-down version of, like, what it was and what it is now. When I first started, I had violent, raw aggression that I was not in control of at all. I also had youth on my side. So what do I want? I wanted the fame. I wanted the fortune. I love to do it. It was, uh, it's always been my outlet. Things changed since I started in 2014 was my first regulated uh, contest as the years have have passed, you know, life has taken its course. My mind doesn't operate the same. That, That aggression truthfully is no longer present. So why I do it now, I have a wife, I have a kid, I have a house, I do it because I love to do it. And wherever it'll take me, it takes me. Like more or less, it's one of those things where if I don't compete within a month to three months, I start getting a little wacky, in everywhere else in life, it really like brings like
3: the balance. Well, you're so, wacky anyways. You don't need to. You, you don't need to go anywhere or do anything. You're a wacky person anyways. So. Did you ever see him flip yes, off the cameras yes. in the
4: middle of the fight? Yes, yes I have. Definitely. Yeah. Uh,
5: I've
3: I've, no I've also seen so. I've I've also seen him after the fight, after winning his fight, screaming at the other side of the cage because of one of the one of the. Uh, trainers on the other side said that he cheated or something like that he was grabbing his eye or something like that i remember that it was a couple of years ago i remember that so i've seen and and, and he was yelling back on the other side right in the ring you there was no there was no mic in the middle of the ring you can hear ryan on the other side of the uh, the, the wherever we were where uh, where were we um i forget where we were but Nevertheless, I, Ryan, you you are a crazy fighter, and, and and we we all know that you're when you go into the when you go into the ring or the octagon or whatever you call it the cage, you're a different person. When you come out, you're a pretty straightforward, yeah. nice, uh, down to earth person. Now, let me ask you this question: you you look at all the fighters that come up and all the different fighters that you have fought over the years. And some of the fighters that you've seen move forward in their careers in the UFC, Bellator, what fighter out of all the fighters that you have fought stood out or stands out the most?
2: All right. There's two, and they're both from the Sarah Longo camp. First is definitely James Gonzalez, who I won a split decision against my first fight. With uh, Triton, they were Platinum Gloves then. This was November 2014. My hardest fight of my career, by far. It was, like, insane. Definitely a great fight to watch. Platinum Gloves date. And then was uh, my Bellator debut, Dennis Bazooka. Um, you know, that was a weird one for me, man. I was, I was in shock before I made that walk. Like, if you know me, and you were there that night, when I made that walk, I wasn't myself. And that is nothing to take away from dennis because no matter what i could always i could always fight whether i'm in that mindset or not it was the fact that he was so further ahead and had such an like a um a true uh, like uh, iq and uh comfortability like I, I wasn't used to somebody being as calm as i i usually am kind of thing and then obviously when the bell rung and Shit went fine. But, you know, I, I did good for the first minute. But then, like, he caught me like I've never been caught again. I didn't recover. So, uh, you know, those two had definitely got to be it. You know, one of them, the champ, James Gonzalez. And Dennis, I believe, is bringing a combat featherweight
3: It's funny that so. you brought up your first Bellator match. Because a couple of weeks ago, I did bring up your Bellator fight. And I watched. I wasn't at Nassau Coliseum. I wasn't at the yeah. at the Coliseum, but I watched the fight on my computer because you could watch the Bellator uh, pay per view on the, the computer, and I watched the fight. And first of all, you they you had no business being in the ring with that kid because you should have never dropped that much weight. I even said that to your father when yeah. you dropped that weight. That yeah. he, you're out of your mind. You
2: no, know, because you we were hanging out. Yes, bro, you, we, we, watched hanging the, out. we watched was, the we watched the fight. Two hundred pounds. Yep,
3: and you when, dropped fifty when,
2: pounds. More than that, when yeah. Lou Neglia called me up, I jumped on the scale. I was 213 pounds, 213 pounds. First thing I did, I put a post on Instagram. I was screaming, saying I had big news coming, and I ran like five or ten miles that night, you know. And it was just, uh, it was a battle of the weight, you know. I I, I, took, I took that the opportunity, you know. At the time, I really, uh, I have no regrets about it. But uh, it was a it was a bad move,
3: man. It, it bothered really it it bothered me because I know you personally, and I'm actually friends with you. And I feel like you put yourself in that. Well, you didn't put yourself you you wanted to put yourself in that situation because obviously it's a Bellator fight. It's in the Nassau yes. Coliseum, right in front of my family and friends, right in the center stage of the new Nassau Coliseum. It just reopened. And you had the opportunity to to fight one of the best fighters in in that weight class in the amateur divisions, and a lot of people speak very very highly of him. I I was talking to Chris Weidman a couple of weeks before your fight, and he told me that he thinks that this kid is the next big thing out of the the Cerro Longo, uh gym.
2: Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that.
3: Yeah, and and, and yeah. the fact that you got in the ring, I give you a lot of credit. I really do, but I I think it was to me. Not for you, but the way it was—it was a build-up for you. Because I know you would—you'll yeah. take—you'll take any fight. We all know you'll take any fight against anybody in any weight class. Because we know you fought in all practically seven, or eight weight classes. But yeah. to, to me, to me, I thought that was—I'm not blaming your coaches, and I—I I don't want anybody who is watching the show right now thinking that I'm taking a shot at the coaches. I just thought it was the wrong thing to do for a guy at your you know, dropping you saying 60, 70 pounds to fight at that fight, knowing that you were going to be dehydrated and you weren't, this guy was fighting in his weight class. What was he dropping? Yeah. 10, 15 pounds. Not not even, he usually fights
2: at 45. So for him, it's, you know, it's a way more comfortable situation. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna perform how he's trained because he doesn't have that uh, adversity. So to speak, you know, but it, it is what it is. If, if, I hope, you know, that's one of the things. Is like I, all I know is that i keep on staying busy. I do my thing. And if, you know, if the stars align one day for it to happen again, you know, that's obviously part of the dream now. You know, like I, I, I like to come back. You know, I like to, you know, uh, right my wrongs, so to speak. So, you know, hopefully one day, you know, that can happen. I'm walking around a lot lighter these days. I mean, right now, a little heavy. Because of the quarantine, but I usually sit around 170 pounds now. That's great. You know, and uh, everything is way more regimented now. I was a kid. I had a kid's mentality, more or less, you know, at that time. And, and this time I'm, I'm thinking more as a, as a man would be. Because you're a papa. That's why. But you
4: want to know something? Yeah, one thing I have to give 100%. you a lot of credit for, one thing I got to give you a lot of credit for, because I've said this a lot, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves. You'll see a lot of guys take a lot of safe fights. They'll build their records up and such. You see it a lot of times in the amateurs and such. You never really looked for the easy way out. Not that that was in your mind ever, but no. you always took a fight that was pretty challenging. even back in the yeah, days when I you went against Paul DeMoe the you know, and this and that. You know, yeah. you never went. You really, you know, unless there was nobody else to fight, and you really just had that urge where you had to get out of your system, which that didn't happen that often. Where they gave you, you know, a soup can. You really took a lot of times, as you say, even now, and you can hear it in your voice now, and you probably do the same damn thing now, even though, you know, the dad button kicked in, you got that little girl, you know, you're in daddy mode and such, and you're not running around like that young 20-year-old or anything that you once were, you still have that mentality where you don't want the easy fight. You know that.
2: No, it's, it. that's not, I can't live that way, man.
4: What do you, how it's do just, you feel when no you see this
2: behind it. What, How do you feel when what you see that? it
4: happening now? Because you've been in the amateur ranks, you fought in every, probably every venue that's been out there. Every organization, some organizations got disbanded, and they don't even exist anymore. And you probably have fought in those,
5: and a lot of different ones.
4: So, how do you feel when you actually see a lot of these mismatches and such happening now in the amateur ranks when you go to the fights?
2: Ah, man, it kills me, bro. It kills me because, like, I'm a, I'm, believe it or not, I'm a sensitive guy, and I care about the well-being of people just to see how these promoters have no shame in putting an average Joe who might be a little bit athletic with uh, high school or middle school wrestling in with, a, with somebody like uh, Devin works from my gym. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you just find this kid's death sentence. He'll never be the same again. You know, there's a lot of people out there that uh, nobody knows nothing about. They don't have big names. They, they didn't take fights like guys. Like me, like, because there's there's people in the scene that fight often and then far and few between. You know, there's no to say who's the better um, athlete or fighter, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's like the the real core crew of of fighters on the island. It's like everybody knows who's a fighter and who's not at the end of the day. It's like you got enough of these tomato cans to match a can for can and let the sport be what it should be you know, let you build up your record, build up everything, you know, the comfortability matchups, So that would people know how to, uh, who to fight against and what type of fights to take. That's what the amateur ranks are supposed to be about. Right. But, you know, you throw in a, a fish with a piranha, what's going to happen?
4: Exactly. And I mean, I'm one of those guys, I put a lot of the weight, I put a lot of blame and a lot of weight, a lot of it on the coaches because they're the ones that actually accept the fight. The reason why I don't go too much with the promoters because they see it as a business. That's the way they're going to see it. And that's, Basically, what their yeah. job is to make money. Just like you can't blame, you know, a, you know, a, a starving tiger for ripping your arm off in the middle of a
3: field. You know what I mean? Tiger you King. You tiger can't King. change. You can't change the type of animal they are. He's you trying to. Can't. He's trying to promote the Tiger King. That's why he brought the tigers up. I don't even know
4: what the hell that is, but I've seen a lot of the, a lot of mullets running around with tiger stripes. I still, I, I swear to
3: Jesus, don't know who the hell that is. Well, you're but, sitting home with your wife if you want to watch something. Go pop on Netflix and watch The Tiger King. Not that happening. is... I just, not I just started it, man. It's hilarious. What, the series? Oh, oh it's, it's seven episodes, eight episodes. Dude, if you want to see some freakish, crazy people... Go watch that. Dude, I just got done with the documentary about how they. This is not a documentary. This is this is real, and and to me, it's absolutely out of control. I I mean, the guy Joe is out of control. He brings so many people around him that are out of control, and then this guy's in jail for um, trying to kill the person that's trying to take his uh, zoo away from him. It's it's so crazy. I mean the storyline yeah. behind it. But, I mean, you know, it's it's like the normal over there. You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Everybody's doing it. It's like it's like having a shotgun on an island. Yeah. You know. Well, that's true.
3: Uh, that's the true. Way
2: down there,
3: as you guys know, we are talking to Ryan Castro, MMA fighter and kickboxing champion. Ryan, I have one more question for you before we let you go because we're we have another guest coming on. But um, really, your thoughts. To where combat sports is going as a whole. And I know you're a fighter. You fight. uh, You've boxed. You've kickboxed. You've done MMA. You've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You've done everything. Tournaments. All that other stuff. Where do you see combat sports going in the next 10 years? Because one of my topics after our next guest is where is MMA going and is boxing taking over again. And and, oh, for and, and I'm being serious because boxing has a lot of good young superstars coming up right now. You say, oh, oh Jesus. You say, oh, Jesus. We're talking about the next <laughs> MMA champion, the next big name the UFC is promoting. There is none. And boxing has seven or eight guys, young kids, 20, 21 years old, that are dominating the boxing divisions that people could, can't wait to see them fight against one another. Where are your thoughts to MMA combat sports and where it's going?
6: Uh, hmm.
2: There's a lot of different ways that I think we feel about that. Um, I'm going to answer it in a way that I kind of hope it, it goes the most. And I think right now, with what's going on in the world, there's potential to see the greatest fights and the great, greatest athletes rise in the circumstance. And hopefully, from a political standpoint, things don't get too uh, crazy. And these events will start happening again. And there might be a, a real uh, surge, like, you know, where the sport blows up. I, I don't think it'll ever reach boxing's level with, like, pay-per-view. But it's kind of going the more mainstream direction, beyond on ESPN and whatnot. You know, so if they could, uh, if they could keep that going, I, I think that's what we'll see more or less. Is Hopefully we keep on seeing cards every weekend and see the fights that we want to see and, and big names start coming up. I mean, there's a lot of potential for personality to come out from this pandemic. And it's not like it just happened in one place. It's happened in every place. And I think MMA it's on earth. It's the, it's the toughest sport on earth. And I think that, uh, I think that we'll see it reach that uh, next plateau.
4: Well, listen, buddy, I know we're looking forward to seeing you back in the ring. Hopefully this stuff all. Will passes by and hopefully it doesn't get pushed back too far back there that we'll see you in there and you know doing your thing man we're just happy that you're you know staying it staying healthy and everything's good with the family and everything's absolutely healthy
3: daughter i mean
4: that's great
2: man everybody everything is great and it's uh i've been a lot more good that i can take the license going on right now than bad so
3: well, I'm looking forward to seeing you fight again and getting back into the ring. So thank you for joining us, and we're. I hope we can hey, get you on very, very soon. Absolutely. All right. Errol Anthony,
2: I'll talk to you guys soon.
3: Thank you, you Ryan. Right, thank weeks. you. Have a great night. Have thank a good you. one. Ryan Castro, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to hear the replay of that interview, all you guys have to do is, after the show is over, you can go to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to radio.com. They'll be all up. All over the social media markets, if you want to hear Ryan, I'm sure we'll have clips of the interviews after, probably in the next day or so. So, shout out to Ryan for joining us. Up next, we have a very special guest, a very important person in your life. Oh, absolutely. As you can, uh, we're, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Coach, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Chris Papandrea, Dynamic yeah, Jiu-Jitsu. Like. Well, good in luck. Good luck on trying me trying to uh, pronounce his last name. Papandri-
4: aren't, you li- aren't you a little Italian, man?
3: Well, yeah. But... Aren't you a little Italian? You got a little Paisan, a little bit of like, you Yeah, know. but I'm just very bad you with names. Be you should I'm be good bad. with vowels. Well, I am. But uh, vowels when my mouth could open, you know? So Papandria? Papandria. 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 It's exactly the way it's spelled. Peter Piper picked a pepper. There you pepper. go. You have no excuses now. Well, I know how to be Peter, but I don't know how to pipe. Anyway, well, I do know how to pipe. I don't know how to be Peter. Or maybe I know how to be Peter. You're trying I'm to figure out right. a way to put Speedy's vibrators in. Well, that's true. I, I, I mean, Speedy's not here, and I'm not vibrating. So there you go. Sounds Anyways, good. when we come back, we're going to have the very renowned coach on our show on Caged in MMA. Remember, you can call us at 631-971-8070. When we come back, coach will be on the phone with us here on the World Wide Sports Radio Network.
0: It's the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! Introducing first... FIGHTING! Out of the blue
1: corner! Right there, right there, hold on, right there. Boom, I faked him. Oh! Sh- Whoa! That
0: was- Whoa! I'm back!
1: But, my bababo, how you say that?
0: I'm gonna go home tonight, I'm gonna drink a Coors Light.
1: FIGHTING! Out of the red corner!
2: I completely dominated that fifth round. That fifth round, want me to fight.
1: From the bottom of me heart,
2: I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! <sighs>
0: Show in America, Caged in MMA.
3: And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is Caged in MMA. As you know, you can call us at 631 965 4990. We have our second guest, Anthony. Why don't you introduce him?
4: Right now we have Chris Bapendria out of Dynamic Jiu-Jitsu, the owner, head instructor, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and the man who is solely responsible for putting this lunatic exactly where he is in MMA today. Yes, that's right. Unfortunately, he's to blame. So over 30 years' experience, multiple black belts in different disciplines, totally, probably one of the biggest welts of knowledge I've ever been around. I'm not just saying it because this is your introduction. Listen, hey, I, I don't usually introduce. I get a little tongue tied. We all know that you're the, you're the radio guy. But I'll say this: you know what I mean? You can't Chris, say he, he might as well time, pull. Right?
3: Your, Chris, he might might as well pull your pants down and kiss you on the ass because he, he just gave you the best introduction you can possibly get from Anthony Androsi.
7: You're not getting a black belt, Tony. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well Anthony uh, Anthony has been speaking very highly of you, Chris, and I, I want to know when you started MMA and you were probably a very young lad or whatever <laughs> lad um, English. He, no he was uh, no um, I'm talking about lad as English lad you know little no, guy no. young 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 person, young man, whatever you want to call it uh, when you were a young kid and, and you wanted to get into MMA, what pushed you to learn MMA um.
7: To be honest with you, um, basically what it was is I got tired playing soccer um, <laughs> and mom picked up the phone book and the only phone number she called was the first one in the yellow pages and that was it. So hold on
3: um, one second. Hold on one second. Oh, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I, this, is, this is starting to really... So your mom said, you know what? We're going to go in a yellow book. We're going to find... One of the toughest sports where you're going to get your head bashed in, into the mat, and we're going to get you into that. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get you away from soccer, kicking a damn soccer ball, so you can get your face beaded in a mat. In, in a mat. Is, that what she, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what a great mom. Yeah. <laughs> a
7: I don't great think mom. she knew quite what she was getting into back then. Um, but this was uh, back in 1991 when I started, free ufc uh, I was nine years old. And uh we walked into school in Raritan, New Jersey. Um it was uh, Alex Wilkie's martial arts and um yeah, that was that's that was the start and that's where that's where we were. That's uh that was the start of it and this place was not a as a glamorous place. <laughs> it was under a hair salon, there were holes in the walls from challenge matches. <laughs> It was it it was not a glamorous gym by any means, but you know what it bred some real great fighters that came out of there. Um, And later on, when uh, MMA well, you was NHB when it first started in in the tri-state area. um, We would fight schools like Kenzo's, like that was the first fights that when it was not so legal yet. Um, we would do fights in uh, Bayside Academy where Dan Mergliata, before he was the UFC ref, um, I always like to joke when I watched the UFC, I knew Dan when he had hair. Um, <laughs> and he was. Did like, you know Anthony counts. when he had hair? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, no. No, he didn't have hair on him, No. So he still doesn't have hair. No. <laughs>
3: well, he's got hair on his beard. That's about it. He has no hair on the rest well, of his Well, it head.
7: wasn't greater than either <way>.
3: <laughs> yeah. Listen, he's he's
4: got yeah, he's he right now he has one daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that you can only imagine how much gray hair that gives you. Mm-hmm. Wait until he has mm-hmm. two.
7: No. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys want to know who we're speaking to, we're speaking to Coach Pam Pam Pampadria. That's Papandria. right. Papandria. Papandria, I'm sorry. Papandria Papandria, owner head instructor, Dynamic Jiu-Jitsu in Rochester, Indiana. So you're based out of Indiana. Is that what you're saying? Right over here? Yeah. Okay. So what made you move to Indiana?
7: <laughs> um, so Stick town. Basically, my parents um, are from Indiana. Okay. Um, but I grew up in New Jersey. Um, they retired out here, back out here, and I eventually just moved back out. Um, and then I met my wonderful wife, Stacy, in Rochester, and then moved up here. And we eventually opened a school. And now we have our headquarter school, um, which we've been here for – we've been open for about uh, – this year will be our eighth year coming on. Congratulations. And, that, and then – thank you. And then we are uh, opening on our affiliate school hopefully this year, another affiliate school this year. And then we have one in Tennessee. And then that handsome – Paizan sitting next to you is our lone student out in (laughs) New York. (laughs) Your lone student. (laughs) Listen,
4: listen, you want to talk about a guy that would put you through the ringer ever since the first day. A lot of times people see, you know, oh, the whole Brazilian jiu-jitsu thing and they see the curriculum and it's very carbon copy one from another and such. When I started with Chris, it wasn't one base style and everything, it was straight, as he first marketed it, American Freestyle, so basically you're going in there, and what people want to call it, this looks like street fighting, call it whatever the hell you want, it works, and it worked, and that's what sold me, and then unfortunately, I guess for Chris, and a lot of other people, I became that one person who just kept coming back. And unfortunately Chris, you had to see
3: him every single day. Come unfortunately,
4: on. Chris had to put up Pretty with much. A, Chris had to put up with a lot from me. <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when he said the words, you know, if you do something and it I remember this one like clear as day. If you do something and it if you do something stupid and it works, it's not stupid.
5: Mm.
4: Well, let me tell you this right now. I did a lot of stupid stuff that worked. You know, some people would call it cheating. Um, and
7: unfortunately, thankfully, Christine so you're a cheater.
3: Is that what you're telling us? Listen, on, on I just thought radio? outside the
7: box. I just thought outside the box, like, uh, wearing a size two large wrestling shoe, So people tried to heel hook him, So the <laughs> shoe spun around on his foot. <laughs> that was fun. That
4: was interesting. Well,
7: yeah, there was trying uh, to cheat.
3: Is that what
4: we're you saying? Uh, so you're a cheater. Gray
3: area of the rule. So, so get, let me get you straight. You didn't so, say you couldn't do it. So if if Anthony could actually bring a rock in the ring in his pants and beat somebody in the back of the head when the referee isn't looking, do you think he would do that?
7: Mm, I wouldn't say he wouldn't. <laughs> oh my God. What's really sc- scary is I'm, I'm a referee. <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. Anyways, we're I'm going to make it very easier for me. Easier for me. We're talking to Coach B, owner and head instructor to Dynamic Jiu-Jitsu in Rochester, Indiana. Um, it seems like when, when you look at MMA and the growth of MMA in the last, I would say, the last 10 years, it's been substantial. And... You look at all the fighters that are coming, you know, going to the UFC and going into Bellator and all these amateur divisions now, not only here in New York, but around the country. There are so many different promoters in the growth of MMA throughout here, the United States, and throughout the world has been unbelievable. I I ask a lot of trainers, coaches, and even fighters this question. Where do you see mixed martial arts in the next 10 years? And I, I have to say this, Chris. As good as as good as the last ten years have been, I I don't see any fighters in the next five years that really stand out to me that are going to take MMA to that next level. Do you see any fighters that you've seen? You watch MMA, you watch the UFC, you watch Bellator. Do you see any fighters that really stand out to you?
7: Uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I really don't. Um, it's it's sad to say that right now. Um... It used to be, you know, that we had all those homegrown fighters that were coming up. I mean, it's a lot different than it used to be when I like to say, like, back in my day or Tony's day when we first started (laughs) fighting where it was guys who were, you know, we had day jobs that were, you know, we were bouncing or we were working construction. We did it, you know, we fought on the side uh, at night or on the weekends, like guys like Jeremy Horn or. You know, those guys that would travel all over the country on the weekends to get fights in just to build their reputation up or, you know, the big name guys like Conor McGregor, who built their name up over, you know, specific amount of time. Um, I really don't think right now there's those guys that that are out there that are going to bring MMA to that forefront. Um Not yet. Um, I don't. I don't think. You know, especially with um, the UFC, the popularity of the UFC of the UFC is is good. Um, But I think that the number of shows that they have during the year, um, the free shows, the you know, I think they're kind of oversaturating. that's one thing that I've I've always thought that they've been going wrong with is that it used to be that there'd be like one show a month and it was pay-per-view and we always looked forward to that one show. And it was – you travel to that show, like, especially if we look – like, we lived in New Jersey, we'd go to Atlantic City Mm -hmm. or you'd go to uh, Mohegan Sun to go to, you know, a UFC there. Or you'd fly to Las Vegas, and you know that would big bring big bucks in for those shows. And then you know now you have shows every literally every weekend. And I think that people are kind of getting bored with it. It's saturated.
3: It's it's very saturated. It really is. And and and, I, and what really bothers me, and I've said this over and over again, I'm not not even just on the MMA shows. I talk MMA and boxing on my other shows. And what really bothers me about MMA today more than I've you know when I got into MMA 10, 10 12 years ago, I I fell in love with it cuz I used to think when I when I was a boxer and I got into MMA, I said, "You know what? I don't want to I, I I don't find this very attractive. Me laying on another man and trying to wrestle him to the ground." I mean, I I didn't find it. My friend introduced me to MMA. What uh, was it? What was it? Like 12, 13 years ago. And he was downstairs and he has wrestling mats on his in his basement floor. And I used to go over for it because his mother made the best Haitian food you could ever eat. And I'm not I don't like hot food, by the way. I hate hot food. I, I would go downstairs and I would I would look and he had these wrestling mats. I go, what do you have? Wrest- are you a wrestler? And he says, no, we, we, we do have a mate down here. And you have all these guys come downstairs and they're all like. They're grappling and laying on top of each other. I said, get the hell out. I'm not doing that. I'm not laying on any man. I was like, I'll stand up with any one of you guys. I'm not like and, – and, and what happened was is they told me they told me, if we get you down on the ground, that no matter how good you are with your hands, there's no way in hell you're getting back up. And I said, like, get the hell out of here. you guys. And, and I'll never forget his, his brother was 135 pounds, 135 pounds. He was an MMA fighter for two years. And I was a boxer, an undefeated amateur fighter, and he says i'll stand up with you as soon as my friend had that little fake ring bell. He shot at my legs, took me down and and i'm, I'm I mark you i'm forty pounds heavier than him. He completely dominated me on the ground i couldn't get up every time I tried to shift my body against him. he shifted my weight against me and I couldn't do nothing on the ground until he tapped me out. He put me on. I think he put me. If I'm not like a key lock, I think it was called a key lock, and it, it, it's something that nobody gets that you know. And, and, and if you know how to defend it, not many people can get a key lock on you. You know. So I didn't know how to defend it, and I got. I almost had my arm ripped off. So I, I, I was after that. After I had a, a kid that was 40 pounds less than me, tapped me out in like really in two minutes. I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with uh, the way... The, you don't have to throw a punch to win a fight. And really, it's all about stamina. Boxing is is all about stamina. MMA is absolutely all about stamina. You can say whatever you want about Conor McGregor. And you know this, Chris. You can say whatever you want about Conor McGregor. He's a great stand-up fighter. He's got that dangerous left hawk. If you can take him into the third or fourth round, you're going to beat him. And I think... The fighting and MMA, there is no, there's no GSP right now in, in the MMA except John Jones. Okay, and GSP was a good Samaritan. There's no Matt Hughes. We were just talking it out with Castro. There is no um, Anderson Silver. There is no, there is not one of those guys. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing from all the fans, while well, we got Conor McGregor, we have John Jones. John Jones can't stay out of trouble. And Conor McGregor, besides Jose Aldo, who has he fought? Who has he fought? Khabib whipped his ass. He was a great fighter. If he beat Khabib, I would have shut my mouth. I didn't think he had a, I didn't even think he had a chance against uh, against Khabib. He hasn't fought anybody. He hasn't fought anybody. But he's a popular guy because he's standing out there talking about people's moms, sisters, brothers, aunts, or their dogs. Okay, and people are laughing at it because he's he's selling a product. And I think that's where boxing is at the forefront now. You have guys like Ryan Garcia. You still have Canelo Alvarez in the prime of his career. You still have guys growing into their bodies as a boxer, and they're undefeated fighters. They're 22, 23-0, and, and they're moving up in the, you know, the ranks do and I, this is what bothers me about mixed martial arts right now and why i attack mixed martial arts everybody says why do you do an mma show if you're going to attack it so much i'm attacking it because i want to see somebody do something about it there is no good fighters right now in mixed martial arts that is an up and coming fighter that i'm like looking forward to watching chris what what are your thoughts to
7: that i think part partly it <laughs> I think that what needs to happen is what uh, a lot of thing. The biggest issue that I have is that um, the UFC has the, the monopoly right now. And I think that and a lot of people are having um, this thing that the UFC is the end all be all. Well, it really isn't. There are a lot of great fighters in other organizations right now. I mean, you got tons of great fighters in Bellator that um, I think that could probably, you know, if you bring them over to the UFC, some of them could put up a great fight against some of the guy, the bigger name guys that are currently in the UFC. Um, Why not do, you know, crossover matches? Um, We did it with Pride at one point. You know, we brought Chuck Liddell over to Pride and had, crossover matches back when pride was a thing. Um, you know, those, those were fun matches that fights to watch, but you know, yes, Conor McGregor, his mouth gets him fights, you know, who has he beat? Um, you know, he's, he's had spectacular finishes. Um, he, you know, his mouth does, gets butts and seats. Um, he's fun to watch because, you know, he puts people out, he, he's kind of got that Muhammad Ali-esque, um, I'm going to call the shot, you know, I'm going to put the person out in the first round when he did it with Aldo. I'm going to, you know, fight Eddie Alvarez with my hands behind my back. You know, very few fighters can do that. Um, what I personally would like is, you know, I would like the UFC to build up the female divisions. There are a lot of female fighters out there that need more. Um, they need more limelight. They really do. You know, there are a lot more women out, fighters coming up right now that need, you know, more weight classes. How many weight classes do, does the UFC have right now for ladies? Three. Three. Three weight classes. Yep. Okay. Uh, how many? Weight classes should they have right now for women? I, Wait, I think they should. I think they should have five or six,
3: just like right. the ma- The men's
7: division. Okay, so you bring over some other women weight classes. I mean, just like any athletic commission, there are weight classes over there. And then that, there's the other question thing. You know, Big John McCarthy has talked about this on other interviews and stuff. Is that you know the athletic commissions have weight classes. It's the UFC that's dictating what weight classes they have. You can change up the weight classes and have different fights.
4: And even before, and I know not to cut you off, but I know even before we go all the way back to, if you remember, what was it? Hook and shoot. Yeah. Even hook and shoot when you had fighters like Tara LaRosa and Aaron Tohill, who now it seems like she made that uh, solid transition over to boxing now. But even Aaron Tohill. These were not like girls. These were big girls. They were athletic as hell, you know, ripped and such. But they never saw the big stage at all. I mean, they would only fight in front of crowds of, what, no more than 500 at a time, maybe? Right. Which was pretty much similar to what we see uh, in amateur shows now. But these were professional fighters. Um, Roxanne, um, I know I'm going to butcher her last name. And Monteferi. she's Italian. Mod- thank you. Montefiore. She's in the UFC now, and a lot of people see her as an unknown or something new. But she has been around longer than Ronda, longer than a lot of these girls. She, was, how many fights has she had? Probably Chris, 30? Uh, 40? a lot. <laughs> I mean, lot. but see, because it's not because it was not done in the UFC, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and and unfortunately, that's what it comes to. That's why even back when we say back in our day which I love always saying that one. I
3: say it to him even when we're not on the air. I'm a little bit younger than you, so I, I guess, how old are you? i going to be 43. All right, so I'm a little bit younger than you guys. A little bit.
4: But even back then, you know, when the UFC was around and the Ultimate Fighter first came out, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't know who those fighters were on the Ultimate Fighter. That show built up the personalities, and then it went into the fight nights and Chris Liebans and and all those fights. Now, just like Chris said, it's saturated. Not only is it saturated on regular free TV, but they saturated with the Contender series and such. Got rid of the Ultimate Fighter show, which I thought was a big mistake. Because the Ultimate Fighter show, through all through the drama and the reality show, you would build some kind of connection with those fighters and the character base. And know a little bit. You would take a little bit of personal interest. Who's your favorite? Who do you like? Who do you not like? Right. You don't see that anymore. And ultimately, they just throw them in there as a debut. They win, great. You, maybe you'll see them, but you won't remember seeing them mm-hmm. and such. And I think that's why it gets ridiculously saturated with these live events.
3: Chris, let me ask you a question. I, I know you have your gyms. Has any of your fighters stood out or come to you and asked you if you can train them So because they want to be the next next ultimate fighter or the next UFC champion? Has anybody come to you in, a, in the, the the past Come to you and asked you or, or somebody that 's in the UFC now or in Bellator now that came to you first and you ch- trained you trained you trained them, and then they moved on. Has anybody stood out to you uh, in the past or uh, has stood out, stood out to you now in the future
7: um, yeah i 've worked with a couple guys um, uh, one guy uh, when I did live in Indianapolis, I worked with Sean McCorkle who fought for the UFC. Um, he made his UFC premiere against Mark Hunt. In I remember UFC that Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he had three fights with the <laughs> UFC. Um, his first one was was a great premiere, um, and his last two weren't that great. But you know, not everybody has you know great great showings for the UFC. I, I think that they ha- should have longer tr- contracts, more than just three fights, because you know what. The Heavyweight division's not like it's not a fun division, especially when you guys <laughs> when you got you know, for your first fight's Mark Hunt. You know, when and he broke it in he broke his, he broke you're his elbow. there at the ringside and you're sitting there, it's like, Oh, you know, that's Mark Hunt. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, Oh shit, that's Mark Hunt
4: <laughs> You know,
7: Mark Hunt, the guy that's been knocking people out for K- at K one for the last, you know. Ten freaking years.
4: The fight before that, you see him with Cro-Cop,
3: and now he's with Sean in a debut. I remember Cro-Cop. He was a great
7: kickboxer, Cro-Cop. And then, you know, he fights Stefan Struve, and then... I'm trying to remember what the other guy
3: is. I always thought Stefan was overrated. I've watched a lot of his fights. I always thought he was overrated. I wasn't a big fan of Stefan. Um, I... I like guys. I like guys that don't speak. That go out there. They're warriors. And then after the fight, after the whole fight, they, they go out there and, and if if they're gonna get talked to, they really have nothing to say. Listen, I went in there. I had I did my job. I had a, I had a game plan. I followed my game plan. I listened to my coaches, and we won. You were a Fedor guy, right?
4: I'm sorry. You were a Fedor guy.
3: Oh, I love Fedor. Love him. The most overrated fighter ever. I, well, I'm I'm not, now I'm a Musasi fan. I'm a Gerard Musasi fan. Uh, I I didn't like what the UFC did to him. Uh, He was easily the best 170, 185 fighter they had. Middleweight and welterweight. There was nobody even close to him. And I don't care what anybody says. And you can call this show right now. Because I'm telling you right now, there is nobody in the 170 division right now in the UFC. If Gerard Musasi came back to the UFC, could beat him. There is nobody in the UFC that could beat that guy. Any trains with Fedor, okay? Musasi doesn't say anything, and he's Italian. He goes in there, he says, and when they interview him, he says, "Listen, I fought a good fighter, but he's I was the better not, fighter." He's not really Italian. Yeah, he's Italian. No, he's from Italy. Who? Musasi. Gerard J- 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 Musasi is from Italy. No, he's not. Yes, he no. is. He's Moroccan. He's Italian. No. I'm going to show you. He's Italian. You're going to ask Jeeves if, if Musashi's Italian? Who's Jeeves? Whatever.
4: Google. Whatever the hell it is. I'm not going to Jeeves. I'm not t- tech savvy like you,
3: man. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. But, uh, you know, I'm, no, I'm hosting a show right like now. He's, well, he's, he's uh either Armenian or... Well, Armenian. He does have Armenian blood, but he's Italian, too. He's
4: everybody wants to be Italian. Arrow, come on!
3: Errol. Okay, you see what I have to deal with, Chris? You see what I have to deal with? This. Listen, so you're, you're, preaching you're getting, to the choir. You're getting, you're getting like the decaffeinated version. Okay, he used to deal with the worst part. Okay, <laughs> single young, bouncing in clubs. I mean, single young. He's he's from Iran, but it's for the love of Jesus. Yeah, he's from Iran, but he's that Musasi is an Italian last name. That's so, why, because he's got an I at the end of his name. No, it's it's an Italian last name. Yeah, please. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But he was born in Iran, so we were both wrong. So there you go. He was born in Iran. You're worse. Well, first of all, he fought out of the Netherlands, right over there. So, but he is he is born and raised. He's 34 years old, and he's he's from Iran. But he's 34 years old, and I don't think anybody in the 170 division could beat him. Nobody in the USA. And that's the problem. Remember when the welterweight division was the best division in all of MMA? Mm-hmm. It was like the best division. You had GSP, Matt Hughes. You had all these different fighters, Chris Lieben. All of them. They were all in this division. And everybody was fighting everybody. And for like BJ Penn was in the division. Everybody with Matt Serra. It was just so many great fighters. And then all of a sudden you look at the welterweight division now. Who, what fighter in the welterweight division stands out for you? There's nobody. There's nobody in that division that stands out anymore. And that's the, that's the problem. I don't want to hear Usman or any of these guys because, to me, as much as I like Usman and he's a good fighter, he's I think there's nobody for him to beat. There's nobody in that division that's any good. So, to me, so what? He's the champion. He's a good fighter. I'm not saying that he's not. And I I, I don't want the fans to think that I'm not saying that he's a good fighter. I just think there's nobody for him to fight. So, of course... The fighters, the garbage that he's going to fight, he's going to win them, you know. So, I, I, I and that's the problem with the also the UFC. They put these guys in to fail. Like if if nobody doesn't think that Cerrone pretty much gave up on that fight in forty seconds against Conor McGregor, I don't know what you're watching because Cerrone has never been knocked out in the first round, and he's never been beaten up in forty seconds as bad as he was against. Conor McGregor. And I don't want to hear, well, because Conor was the better man. Because Cerrone has fought a lot of better fighters and badass fighters before in his his career. And Cerrone was in the best condition of his career when he fought Conor McGregor. And he got knocked out by a headbutt, practically. He was headbutting him in his shoulder. And that's what he said that was affecting him the whole fight. Are you kidding me? A headbutt to the shoulder? Give me a break. To me... Cerrone was trying to find any possible reason to make an excuse because he just wanted the money and get the hell out of there. And that's what the UFC did. If Conor McGregor lost that fight, how do you think that would have... How do you think that would have sold Conor McGregor's next fight? Or if Conor McGregor was even going to come back? Because if Conor lost that fight, and I said that to you, mm-hmm. if Conor lost that fight, that would have been three, fives, uh, three fights he lost in, the, in his last five or six fights.
4: But Daniel still would have squeezed every little bit of... Marketing out of him. Because even if he lost against Cerrone, you still had DS3. You still had all those people that he talks
3: smack with. He's already I mean. saying that he's only fighting two more fights. He's already come out and said it. Uh, if, if anybody believes that, they're out of their damn mind. That's what he's saying. Well, what does he need to fight anymore? He doesn't need to fight anymore. The guy's making a ton of money on his whiskey or whatever the hell he says. His his whiskey is... He's now uh, planning to buy a, Lamber, a Lamborghini... Uh, Lamborghini um dealership out in Germany or wherever the hell he wants to buy it. I mean, the guy wants to buy everything, he wants to own everything, he wants to do everything. The next thing next thing you know, he's going to buy a bunch of jets and he's going to fly movie stars wherever they want. I mean, this is what he does. This is what Connor does. So Chris, before we let you go, um I want to ask you one question. When you look at yourself as a fighter, as as a trainer, what pushes you to
7: keep on doing it. Um it's yeah, my students, honestly. It's you know, it's those guys coming in the door every day. Um to to be perfectly honest, it's it's my my longest running students, you know, it's Tony sitting next to you who keep training. It's um my business partner Scott who is in law enforcement, you know that wants to go home every day after work uh, after his shift you know they're you know they're the reason why i keep doing it it's for my wife and daughter you know they're you know they're the reason why i keep training and keep teaching you know it's that's why i keep doing it every day how old is your daughter uh she's seven
3: seven years old she training she loves uh mixed martial arts
7: no (laughs) <laughs> I have failed as a father and trainer in that aspect. She's a cheerleader.
3: Oh, she's a cheerleader, and she'd rather play soccer. Something that you didn't want to nope. do.
7: No, no soccer, just cheerleading.
3: Seven years yes. old, and she's a cheerleader. Yep. Let me get. Let me guess. Your your wife was a cheerleader too. Nope.
7: Really? So, what nope. does she want to be a cheerleader for? I have no idea where she got that from, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what? As long as she's happy and active, I don't care. But you know what? It's. it's I don't. We don't really do anything. You know, we don't make anything off the school, and I don't care. It's. It's. A, we gave it. Give people a place to train. You mm-hmm. know, we make sure that people go home safe every night. As soon as they walk out that door, I know that they're. They're trained and they're safer when they go home. Um. They feel better about themselves. Uh. We have. I have 30 plus kids on the mat every night when that's great. You know, we went from three to 30 and, you know, seeing them going from, you know, coming in the door, I have one kid that didn't smile, didn't talk. And then now, you know, she's this bubbly kid who runs in, gives you jumps on you, gives you a hug and, you know, loves training every day. And then they want to compete and, you know, that, that's the reason. It's the students. That's why I do it. I wouldn't do, continue doing it for 28, almost 30 years if I didn't love doing it. It wasn't my students and my family if it wasn't – if that wasn't the reason.
3: So, Chris, Plus, why don't I,
7: you – okay, I'm sorry. I wouldn't know what else to do to be perfectly <laughs> honest with <laughs> you. Well, before, I'm going crazy here with, that, <laughs> with this coronavirus thing. Oh,
3: I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you because over here in New York, it's it's ridiculous. And it seems like every other day I'm hearing somebody that I know that's getting it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people dying over here because there's a lot of old people, a lot of and, – and their bodies, their immune systems can't handle uh, it getting to their lungs because they already had pneumonia or they've had cancer in the past or diabetes and their bodies can't withstand uh, the pressure to their lungs. So it it really is a shame. And I actually do work at a hospital. So I, I see it every day. I'm seeing somebody uh, go to the morgue and uh, a lot of the older people, not the younger people. I mean, there's there's some younger people that have passed away from this, but uh, usually and what I've seen so far uh, here in New York, it, it's the older the older people from the age of 55 and older. So it's it's a scary epidemic, and uh, hopefully... Hopefully, this thing will be over very, very soon. It, it is affecting the economy. It's affecting the world. It's affecting what we can talk about on radio. because It's affecting my draft kings, man. I haven't had any oh, bets in like shut up, two weeks. Dude, you bet $2. I haven't $2. bet in two weeks. And Chris, this guy, me. this guy, all he talks about is betting on DraftKings. And he and I say, How much do you bet? Well, you bet $100, dollars $2. $2. $2. He knows. Two dollars? What do you think one of the first guys was so, when I called when so I hit the parlay? This light. guy's having a heart attack because he's not betting his two dollars. <laughs> get out of here, of man. man. You're nuts. You're crazy. Whatever. Anyways, Chris, why don't you tell everybody how they could find you if they're in Indiana. or you're Obviously, you're from over here, so maybe eventually you'll bring a school over here where some of the kids can train out of here and learn uh, your style of fighting. Hey, I've been trying to get Tony
4: to open for school don't time, get me started with that. Now. Okay? Don't get me started with that. Unfortunately, all the people that are not coaches have the money. And the educated, really good coaches are broke. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what happens. Okay? Plain and simple. You got to stop having kids. That's what you need
3: to do. <laughs> My listen, we're done. We're done. With We're done. done. Oh man. I, I mean, everybody I've also
7: been telling him that for years. Everybody We're keeps done.
3: everybody it. everybody tells me they're like as soon as you have that kid, your life is over. It's not, not the same. It's not the same cuz you don't no, it's not have the same but it's not over. Yeah. I'm not talking about over. You're gonna die, Anthony. Well, I'm those talking, people make it sound. Negative. No, it means that your your life is, is controlled by that kid or kids. Of course, you got to put 110 percent into it. So if if you're if you're planning, and you have dreams and admirations. Like obviously, Chris started his dreams and admirations early in his career. So he he had a chance to develop and and really bring it all together when he was getting married and when he had a child. You know, you have to start early. For it to be, or, not necessarily. Are people that start later in their careers and they're very successful, but it's very rare because you, when once you have that kid and once you get married, you're not the that uh, you're not that person that you're gonna you're gonna care about only. You have to care about the woman. You got to care about your kids. I mean, those are the people that come first over yourself. So, yeah, so I, I understand. I'm I I don't even have children, so I understand what you're going through. You have one child, and and how old are you, Chris? Thirty-seven. You're thirty you You're my age. So me and Chris are the same age. So and you're going to be thirty-eight this year, right? You just saw his, how yep. his smile just now when he said that. Why? Well, I'm thirty-seven years old. Oh, I'm the same age. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same age. Nineteen eighty-two. Like looking at the old, when's your like, birthday, fat, Chris? Gray,
4: bald man. Yeah, October sixth.
3: October. So I'm older than you. I'm born April. So I'm born at the end of the month. So. My birthday's at the end of the month, and I'm not going to be able to celebrate it this year. How fun. But I am going to celebrate it because I'm going to push it off until this coronavirus is gone, and I'm going to have a crazy party. Chris, you're invited. You're going to have to fly all the way from Indiana or you're going to have to drive over here, but uh, mm-hmm. everybody's invited. We have a good time. I have like 150, 200 people come out for my birthday from all parts of the country, and they come out and they sell. I only drink once a year on my birthday, and I get torn up.
4: and Chris doesn't drink anymore.
3: I don't drink either. Chris
4: doesn't drink. I don't anymore. really drink at I can all. say that for him. He, I know he doesn't drink. Well, you
3: don't have to anymore. drink to come out and have a good time. I don't drink. Well, no, I know because I'm responsible. That's uh, why he doesn't are drink you? anymore. Listen to this guy. No, it's, guys, Am, I Am I lying? Word. Am I lying?
4: Am <laughs> <laughs> I lying? Mean, I, the boy hasn't drank. gave this. me
7: alcohol poisoning.
4: Listen, everybody turns 21 once and it's supposed to be a big thing. Oh, so that's why <laughs> you gave him alcohol poisoning. Listen, it affects everybody differently, okay? I, I I'm not knew in his body. I knew it. Okay? Like I knew it was, liver, you. I knew it was you.
3: I knew it was you. I knew it was you. Because it couldn't have been him. So, no, the reason why Chris is not, he doesn't drink even on special occasions. And his wife, if his wife actually hears this, she'll she probably. Does. She's probably sitting right there. Is she sitting right
4: Wait, there? She's sitting right next to him, probably waiting to hear a story or something that she's never heard before. So and it's your fault the reason
3: why he doesn't drink. Absolutely. <laughs> That's
4: the reason why he doesn't race on the turnpike anymore. It's the reason why there's a lot of things he doesn't do anymore because of me. And it just was out of pure luck. It wasn't premeditated.
3: Mm. You are an interesting man, Anthony. Anyways, Chris, why don't you tell all the fans how they can find you throughout social media and how they can uh, locate you in Indiana or how could they call you if they want to train with you?
7: You can find me on Facebook. It's Chris Papandrea. Um, My Instagram is Chris Papandrea Jiu-Jitsu. Also, our school Instagram is Dynamic Jiu-Jitsu. I post a lot of Moves of the Week on there. We do a lot of live streams on there, uh, especially with this coronavirus stuff on there. We do a lot of live streams and uh, moves of the week. Uh, we also have a, a YouTube video page, so you can go on there and find us. Uh, if you're ever in Indiana, we are in Rochester, Indiana, and we're at 528 Main Street, Rochester, Indiana, 46975.
3: Pass the sticks, guys, so you don't have to go to the sticks. So... Every... Well, no, we're off the. We're in the sticks. Oh, you're in the sticks? Oh, my God. Every, best- t- life, every time I go to Indiana, I've been to Indiana three times. One time I was DJing out there. It was a big concert out there years and years ago. I was 24, 25 years old. I was open up for Victor Calderon and Jonathan Peters out there in Indiana, right over there in Indianapolis. And getting to Indianapolis in the city… Every, every single thing over there is farm and sticks, okay? Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a toilet 40, 50 miles. I almost crapped my pants, okay? I couldn't find a toilet. I actually squatted on a farmland because I couldn't, and I was wiping my ass with leaves. See, okay? I didn't even do that, and I've been out there, okay? No, I, I couldn't find a bathroom. It's not that bad. You know, where I was, it was. There was nobody living where I was. Nobody. There wasn't a house, a town, or a gas station forty miles from where I was. Forty miles. Damn. Okay. So you I had that. to. I had to find like. Chris is probably in his head saying, "Where the hell were you?" Um, I lost. was. <laughs> Chris will tell you there's you a lot of. Lost. Nah, I was. <laughs> I was. Trust me. Trust me. We using. We using like what was it, MapQuest back then? No, at that time they didn't have MapQuest. They didn't have GPS. You had to use maps. Using regular maps and finding roads and highways, so if yeah. that puppy
4: wasn 't updated, you were done I was done period. there, there should man. have been a Mcdonald 's over here meanwhile
3: it's dude like, there yeah. was no mcdonald 's within there was no food, there was nothing within <laughs> almost forty miles <laughs> I remember it i i 'll never go there again i i I was going to the I was going to go to the combine because i i i 've never been to the combine I wanted to go to the combine this year for our radio station. And I was like, what the hell am I going to the Combine for? I don't want to go to Indianapolis. So it's – every year the Combine is held in Indianapolis. Right. So it's uh, – and, and over there in that – I heard over there in that city part, it's beautiful. It is. It's, it's a beautiful city. But I won't go there because the last time I was there, I got lost. So And I was crapping out in the farmlands and wiping my ass with leaves. So that's what happened. Well.
7: Oh. Now you can't find toilet paper, so you don't. Have, you'll have to figure out something else. I'll
3: use my hands and wash it. <laughs> at
7: least, at least it's like. It, I'm sure it's like riding a bike now. You know, six uh, feet radius, so you'll be okay. You can't shake hands anyway. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, guys.
3: Chris and I, I'll tell you this, and you can do the. You can do the. Um, the name because I, I'm very bad. Chris a Dynamic yeah, Jiu-Jitsu, you know, like Rochester, I'm, Indiana. It's easy for you because you know him personally, and you've probably said it six or 60 million times. So, But you want to know something? One, the one nice thing about Chris is even if
4: you're miles away from him or anything, you hit him up on Instagram, you even have a question or a concern or something about a move or anything, I almost guarantee you the next day he will be posting that thing on YouTube or something specifically for you. That's just the, the good natured guy he is.
3: Well, I'm trying to I'm gonna put cause see g I am going to put because see i do not know, I just want to let you guys know something. It's not easy to produce the show and host the show, but we have our first call of the day. Who are we speaking to?
1: Kenny vosquez
3: aka Sabretooth. What's going on, Sabretooth? What would you like to What's speak about?
1: On? Well, for one, things that Anthony don't like to say on the air is that he actually wants to name his gym when he does get one. War Room, which is a phenomenal name. He told me that many years ago. Really? That Yeah. So and now he, it's being I know, stolen by smil-
4: somebody, I, you bastard.
1: I know, I know he's smiling because when he told me that name, I was like, that's probably the best name I've ever heard. You can name a damn gym. Well, good. I'm going to name my gym after that. See what I mean? <laughs> right, now, right now,
4: there's some guy who, who trains in UFC, all right, who who just asked his father for, like, 30 grand to open up, like, a little boutique <laughs> gym where he's teaching tie bow, um, and a whole bunch of other things that have nothing to do. He's probably got the little mitts, you know what I mean, that are flat as freaking phone books that you get out of models. <laughs> Yeah, have fun with that.
3: Well, one. A lot of these, a lot of these owners of these gyms are are becoming very wealthy because these gyms now MMA because of the way mixed martial arts has really taken off. Everybody wants to be the next Conor McGregor or the next John Jones or GSP. So now everybody's trying to find that next gym that's going to take them all the way to the I guess the promised
1: land, which is the UFC. And unfortunately, there's not that many out there. Mm. There really isn't because a lot of people have lost that true how you say that the true fire to fight Anthony and I have (laughs) been to so many fight shows where we've worked them either refing, judging, whatever case may be inspecting. And these guys, you don't see the fire anymore. You don't see the, the knowledge, the, true fight life style in them anymore they just want to claim the title oh i trained mma had a couple of fights let me get laid and that's what you really see <laughs> they now. want to post it on their instagram or their status as
4: fighter
3: because
4: mm-hmm. that's that says it all now does it say good or bad fighter after that hell no but it just says fighter that's good enough for them
3: well Sabretooth, i i have a question for that. you I mean, we talked about this, and I want to get into this right now because these were the two subjects after we talked to Chris. Where do you see MMA going? Because I think – and, and I, I asked Chris this question, and Chris answered it. He says that I don't see another fighter right now. I, I can't see another fighter to, coming up in the rankings in the in the mixed martial arts. That is the next big superstar in the UFC, Bellator, whatever organization that is going to bring that next big superstar. Do you see any big time superstar right now coming in the rankings that you could see the next big guy, the next Conor McGregor, John
1: Jones, or GSP? Honestly, no. I don't see it right now. I mean, uh one dude uh that I, I believe he he may do something. Oh my god, I just forgot his name. Um Cashel fought him. Um, um from Dennis? Bellator? No. No, when he fought him in Triton.
4: When Castro fought. When he, wait, when Ryan Castro fought the kid in Triton?
1: Yeah, yeah he fought a he couple fought, of times. No, the one that the, he he named them as one of his toughest fights. He said two fights that Dennis he named. Him the, no, the other guy.
4: Um, James Gonzalez out of James Saris. Gonzalez.
1: That guy, I've been still following him, and I've watched him. And he just he won the title. He's planning to fight for another title to do uh, you know double belt. I think he he has a chance if he stays healthy, he trains right. But mm. other than that, anything I've seen out of all these shows, there is a little potential, but you don't see the fire in them.
3: I I, you know, I love this. You know why? Because it might get you in trouble. So I'm gonna I'm gonna really start. But to... you know
4: something? It's and I I could appreciate what he's saying. It's it's nothing that we even when we're working fights and and, and Kenny Vasquez, who we're on the line with right now, he is an ISK official. He works with me. He's also um, a world champion out of Grappler's Quest, you know, very knowledgeable in jiu jitsu and the MMA world. Even he sees it. We all see it even when we're working fights where we just kind of have to put our head down and shake our head sometimes. When you'll see guys build themselves up, you know, they're doing whatever they got to do when they come in the ring. And then when it's time that bell rings, that's it. It's all shell. And unfortunately, and I'll go right back to it, the coaches allow it to happen. Uh, they allow these kids to go in there. They're not prepared at all. It ends up being some kind of mismatched fight. Which, and like I said, I don't. Be- I don't put it on the promoter. The promoter is there to make money. I put it on the coaches because the coach will put that kid in there knowing. How many times have we seen guys get leave on a stretcher?
1: Oh, every night, every night, and you could see it just from your the hands being wrapped. You just look at them. Just and the then fact you're like... that
4: the coaches don't know how to wrap hands. What does that tell you about it's how horrible. prepared these guys are? Think about it. I've, I've coach, had coaches
1: ask me to wrap hands, and I'm like, I yes. can't. I'm an, an inspector. That's true. Uh, I'm a judge. I can't touch you. Like, <laughs> Well, I, I'll tell you this, and, and,
3: and this is what bothers me more when I watch these amateur these amateur, uh, I guess, before the weigh-ins and stuff like that. I hate when I go to these weigh-ins and they don't make weight. These are the guy, guys, girls, they do not make weight. Now, I understand the promoters. If, if you don't make weight, it's a disqualification. The fight's over. There shouldn't be a fight. But you have these promoters, and and I'm not taking shots at any particular promoter because I've gone to amateur fights here in Long Island, in New York, and Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, and wherever. I've been all over the place. I've been to Connecticut. Okay? It happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. The, the the fact that the promoters allow these fighters, after they get weighed in, to go to the other fighter and ask the other fighter, will you still fight that person because the tickets are already sold, is completely pathetic. That's what it is. Because if you have one fighter that's dropping 15, 20, 20 pounds in three or four months for that particular fight – and the other fighter is not doing the same she 's eating or he 's eating whatever he wants, and it comes to the fight ten pounds overweight and then you have the nerve to go to the other trainer and the other fighter and say, "Listen, I understand the other person didn't make the you know he's not he 's not getting all his money or she 's not getting all his money you 'll get the rest of the money, but could you fight this fighter even though he 's ten pounds or she 's ten pounds overweight?" That, to me, as a fighter, an ex-fighter, and a person that goes to these things and puts the time in to take the pictures, do the interviews, and sit there. when I after After I'm ready to interview the trainer and I ask the trainer, well, why was your fighter 10 pounds overweight? And he tells me to go F myself and tells me no more questions. That bothers me when I'm trying to get answers from the trainer when a trainer doesn't have anything to say for his fighter.
1: I highly agree with you on that because that's actually happened to me. My last fight I did back in 2016, uh, I was I walk around 205, 210. I fight at 170. I show up to the weigh-in. I weigh in at 168. My fighter steps on the scale. He's five pounds over. And then he looks at me and says, yo, I'm still down to fight. And I was like, I looked at my coach. We both at the same time said, no. He's like, what are you scared of? I said, I'm not scared. I did what I was supposed to do as a fighter. You didn't. Your fault. And I end up fighting a completely other person that night because that person who I end up fighting, his fighter did not make weight. So we both decided to fight each other because we made weight, and that's just retarded. Because people don't have the real drive, and it's sad. It really is. They just want to make it a, a Instagram post, like Anthony said, a, a Facebook live video, just. To try to get some tail and a little popularity when no one has to drive anymore, you can't even ask these people knowledge about old school MMA in the beginning or Pride. They'll be like, who is that?" Perfect example. I, I don't Chris know that fighter. Jer-
4: Chris mentioned Jeremy Horn, the name Jeremy Horn before. Jeremy
1: Horn. I guarantee you, how phenomenal. many people,
4: how many people out there that are actively fighting? How many fighters out there actively fighting? You know, under the age of thirty, probably know who the hell Jeremy Horn is. I know who Jeremy Horn is. No, I know you do, mm-hmm. but I'm saying. They probably Jeremy don't. Jeremy Horn beat How many, Chuck Liddell.
3: Mm-hmm. How people many people don't know, know that?
4: How about the name Travis Fulton?
3: I know Travis Fulton, Fulton, too.
4: People probably don't know that name that much.
3: I was introduced to Jeremy Horn and Fulton and Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture when I first started watching MMA, when there was no weight classes. There were none. You were still in the tournament range. Yeah. There were yeah, no weight fun. classes.
1: Yep. Hands down. One of my favorite fights that I saw with Jeremy Horn, I can't remember the guy he beat, but Jeremy Horn was on his back. Dude was in his guard. And all Jeremy Horn did was cover up, throw an elbow. Cover up, throw an elbow. After about two minutes of that, you look at the guy's face was split open, destroyed. (laughs) And Jeremy Horn won because he had to stop the fight because of so much blood was coming out of this guy's face. I was like, this guy's amazing. And then he beat Chuck Liddell but nobody talks about that.
3: And and here's the thing, what I love about boxing, and this is why I'll bring boxing in because this is not just an MMA show. This is uh boxing is definitely brought into the the subject here because when I watch boxing, if a play a fighter, an amateur fighter or a professional fighter does not make weight, that fight does not happen. Period. There's no well, I'm going to go to the other trainer and say Hey, do you want to fight me? No, that doesn't happen in boxing. I have never seen that in the amateur divisions, even wrestling. You, you, real wrestling. I'm not talking about WWE. I'm talking about real freestyle wrestling. If you go, if you see them before their fight, and they have to weigh themselves two or three hours before the same fight, same day, same day weigh Yep, two three hours before the fight. If you don't make weight. By the exact, by, by the exact weight, you forfeit. No matter what, there's no. Well, I'll fight you if you fight me. That's why when I look at the state of boxing and where boxing is going, and some of the young fighters that they have. You don't see that. I mean, once in a blue moon, you'll see a a fight like Khan, like uh, Khan didn't make weight or or somebody like that of that magnitude. We saw Prince Nassim one time not make weight. We've seen it before. I mean, there are fighters that don't make weight, but very rarely do you see that, even in the amateur divisions. Right now, in in, in every single amateur um, weigh-in that I've been to in the last past Six years, there's always a fight that has to be taken off or or somebody's overweight than the other fighter and they still fight or they, they have to they have to disqualify the other fighter. And to me, that's bad training. That's bad training. You're, and, and to me, these kids are spending. I don't know how much each gym charges. I know some gyms charge $100 a month. Some gyms charge $150 a month. So just think about it this way. If a gym has... Fifty people training out of out of the gym, and you say average out of about hundred. A hundred average, just say. So just say, if they're paying a hundred a hundred dollars a month, and it's fifty people, mm-hmm. do the math here. Five grand. That's five grand a month, which is fifty people. That's just fifty people. Now they're paying more than that because they're paying for. Um, uh, tr- uh, nutrition, they all could this be other paying stuff. For gear, yes, or, they're paying a lot of stuff. There's always there's
4: always upsell stuff. By
3: the time you're done every single year, these fighters are probably spending uh, around I don't know. You guys work at the gyms fifteen sixteen hundred dollars a year, something around that.
4: Probably uh, conservatively, probably maybe even more.
1: Maybe more. Even yeah, more. I'd say
4: more. Probably even more, even, and that's even at the the base rate of a hundred dollars a month. With all of the little extras that they need or maintain or whatever for the year, it's probably going to be more. It'll probably be closer to two.
3: So that doesn't bother you as fighters, as referees, when you look at the state of where boxing is. And I know you guys are MMA guys. It doesn't bother you that MMA for ten years, really. And 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 I'll tell you this: the last two years, it's been boxing. But ten years, MMA was taking over. Combat sports. There, there was no boxers coming up. There was nobody that stood out except Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Canelo Alvarez was a young fighter. There was really no good fighters, and there was no heavyweight fighters. Now you have uh, Fury, you have Wilder, you have um, Joe uh, John. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Joshua. Uh, you have all these different heavyweights, and now the heavyweight division is growing. You have the welterweights. You have the 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 the. Um, uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm, I'm a cruiser weights I'm I'm losing track here but uh, there are so many different weight classes right now that if you go weight class to weight class right now I could tell you right now at least two or three fighters in that weight class I can honestly tell you in in MMA right now in the professional divisions from from 155 to all the way to 220 I could name four or five fighters from each division and the reason why is. They're always trying to drop weight, go to one division because they don't want to fight in the higher division because they're afraid that this guy is a bigger fighter and he's going to get knocked the hell out. And that, to me, we never saw that. You guys know this. We have seen fighters in the old UFC time where there was tournaments and there was a 300-pound guy fighting a 150-pound guy and the 150-pound guy is knocking out the 300-pound guy. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't fearing that he was... 150 pounds more than him, or he was a wrestler, Greco-Roman wrestler, and if he if he lands on top of me, I'm, there's no way I'm going to get up because he's going to squash me. So, I, I I that's why I don't understand where the UFC is going, and really MMA is going right now because it's not the rules that bother me. It isn't. The rules are good. The rules are where they need to be, and, I, and every year they're changing something. But and that's with every sport. But what bothers me more than ever. Is that you got guys like Dana White right now that is on YouTube that are, tr- that are now traveling around the world with Matt Serra. Of all people to travel the world with, and uh, no offense, Matt, I have nothing against you as a person. It's, it's a funny show. No, t- dude, UFC come on. A funny show? No, it's stupid. It- it's dumb. and no- They never find anybody. They never find anybody. Well, tell me a fighter that they have fought, they've found right now in the UFC that stands out to you.
4: The, hey, legitimately the last try, good one
1: yes Dana White I tried north cut and that
4: well no that, one failed. The bed. that failed, um
3: <laughs> You can't even think of one. I can't even go with the last No, you can't. You can't years. think can't. of one. And you and know can't. why you can't think of it? Because it's a selling tactic, and the, and, and, and the UFC has stupid people going out there and trying to find fighters. Who the hell is Dana White? Do you know What really What is sad? Dana White know? The
4: show. I don't I can tell you this right I now. I do. I watch I, it. No, I watch it's the pathetic. show. But I'm saying the reason why I watch the show. I watch the show for everything. It's really sad to say. I watch it for everything other than the fight.
3: It's pathetic. That's what it is. It's absolutely pathetic. You have when you're a multi-billion dollar industry now and you're the biggest, you're like the WWE of MMA. And you're you have Dana White and Matt Serra going out there trying to find the next big superstar. What are you nuts? Who the hell are they? They should have they should hire guys like GSP, a former big-time superstar MMA fighter and bring in a real Big time coach that, as everybody like a Royce Gracie or somebody like that, that will go out there and find the because they'll they'll pick the best fighters. But Sarah is a coach. (laughs) Sarah is a coach. Give me a break. Sarah is a coach. Oh yeah, he's He's a coach. All right, he's a coach the day. He's a coach all day. He's a coach. All right. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Who is the who is the last big superstar that come out of the Sarah gym? What no besides one. you're talking
4: about? Besides Wyman,
3: I'm asking you. No, that's long, long ago. That is not Sarah. That's, that's yeah, long ago. That is okay. long ago. But that is you know, long. So go. you don't connect them anymore. No, Mm-mm. that's one, not at all. No, nope. Matt Sarah had nothing to do with Chris Wyman. Nothing. All Matt
1: Sarah did was just now, say, "Oh, he's a good fighter." That's no, it. No, wait a that's see. all Matt. Do we Sarah get credit did. for Eddie Gordon? Eddie
3: Gordon. Eddie Gordon's a good friend of mine, and you want to get credit for that on the Sarah side? Uh... I think I think if you sat down with Eddie right now, and see, I, you don't have recording, see, I'm a Matt Serra fan.
4: All right, and I've always been a Matt Serra fan. I
3: have had my um, my differences with Matt in in the past,
4: and I like Matt as don't a person. And I've fought Matt Serra's guy. I've fought Matt Sarah's guys, and I've got my ass handed to me. But I still, you know what I mean. I I'm still a Matt Serra fan. I,
3: it's not that I don't like Matt as a person. I I just think Matt is a cocky sob. And he walks around like everybody has to kiss his ass and think, "Oh, I'm Matt Serra. I'm the one that knocked out GSP. And, and you're also the guy that got your ass beat by GSP after that. And then when GSP wanted to fight you again, you backed out of it because you're a little pussy. That's why. And that's the facts. Okay? He's, he's still responsible for the biggest. Upsets. I don't give a crap what he, he's still responsible I don't for give the a biggest rat's upset. Yeah, and you know what? I do. You, you want to know what I think about upsets that were? 10 12 years ago they were 10 12 years ago I could care less what Matt Sarah did all right the fact is when you look at Matt Sarah's gym there is not one fighter that you can honestly pick out that is any good any good any single fighter that's ever come out of Matt Sarah's gym has never been anything anything so for Matt Sarah to go for Matt Sarah for Matt Sarah to go out there and and sell the UFC, On YouTube or wherever they're trying to push this product out, they should have stuck to the next Ultimate Fighter, even though they ruined that, too, because Dana White ruined that, too. He watered it out like he does everything else. He waters things out. And that's where the UFC is right now. They're a watered-out organization. And until they figure that out and try to get themselves out of this, they're never going to be anything they were 10 years ago. I'm sorry they're not. There is not one fighter right now that I can honestly say but and it what, they did have one in Johnson and they decided to tell him to say sayonara okay they had a fighter and they asked, and, and I'll say this I'll say this and you know this too and, I, and you both know this Matt Serra is it, it, I, I'm not saying Matt Serra isn't a great Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist I'm not saying Matt Serra wasn't a good MMA fighter he was not Matt Serra was a nobody. He was a guy that won one fight that you could honestly pick out where GSP thought he was that much better than him. He dropped his hands and he caught him. Wait a second. So you're going
4: all the way to that fight mm-hmm. to say that that's the fight that that's, people... That's it. That's it. I mean, maybe this is unfair because of how much time I've spent in the sport and such. So, I mean, I look back to the fights with Din Thomas, BJ Penn... um, Diego, um, you know what I mean. Frank Trigg, all these other Diego Sanchez. Like what about Diego Sanchez Die- back then?
1: Wait, Let- wait, 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 wait! I've got my I'm own not talking
4: about now with Diego. Uh, I,
3: I'm going to say something
1: about back Diego then, Sanchez. Okay. I'm going to say
3: something about that asshole too. Back then, okay, that motherfucker. Nice, I, nice I shouldn't be cursing on Diego the show, Sanchez, but you want to know something? Still one of my That's a piece fights. of shit right there. That's a piece of shit right there. I'll tell you guys a story. I was in Atlantic City, okay. I was in Atlantic City. I do not gamble. I don't do anything anymore because of what I did when I was 21 years old. And I went to Vegas for two weeks, and I, I lost $5,000 in in 24 hours. And I had no money. And I, w- I, was, I was out there with my mom and her boyfriend, and I had nothing for two weeks. Okay? So I was living on pennies and dimes. Okay? So I don't bet. I was over there, and he was dating – what's her name again? Uh, the ring girl. Um, the hot one. Um… The hot um, one? Um I forget her name. I, I, I That's like saying the, the guy mail. with the hair. I listen. I she's been around and she was she's been she's Ariane still, Celeste. Uh, there it is, Ariane. And um I was there when he when he he was uh, on the elevator and he smacked her in the face. Okay? This was
4: after. this is after he did the show.
3: Yes he was there. I don't know if there was a show. He was there. No, no, no.
4: Like meaning he, this was after he did the ultimate fighter show you're talking about.
3: Yes, he was there. He was an okay. MMA fighter. He was a UFC fighter. He was dating he was dating Ariani. Yeah. And Ariane was with him and he was on the elevator. He was going to the elevator and I saw him hit her. Okay? And and everybody knows the whole story about him and and, and Ariane. Ariane uh had like an order of protection on him because of what he did. Okay? So uh, what are you looking – you're looking around like you don't remember the story. He dated Ariani for like a year. He was beating her. He mm-hmm. Domestic violence. Okay? I went up to him, and I told him he should not be hitting a woman. You know what he told me? Mind business? No. He told me to get out of my effing way, or I'm going to kick your ass. And uh, mark you, Diego Sanchez, say whatever you want. He's a pipsqueak. He's a – Effing pipsqueak! He's 150 pounds soaking wet. He's a pussy, okay? And I told him right to his face, "You can kiss my ass." And that woman doesn't—you don't belong with a beautiful woman like that. And and we went back and forth. Security dragged me out of of uh, a particular—I'm uh, not going to say where I was—but at a particular casino and kicked me out, picked me up off the ground and kicked me out. And ever since then, I've gone to events and I've seen Diego Sanchez, and every single time I try to pick a fight with him. I can't stand that SOB. He's a terrible fighter overrated. He was overrated when he came out of the next Ultimate Fighter. He's a piece of shit. That's what he is. He's a piece of shit. And I will tell you this right now. The fact that he's still in the UFC and Dana White's still trying to promote him on small, on small freaking cards, it's a joke. Because the guy's a fat piece of you-know-what. That's what I gotta say about Diego Sanchez. He's a piece of garbage. And if Diego Sanchez is ever going to listen to this show, he can call this show and I can tell, I'll tell him right to his face. Any day and any time Diego Sanchez wants to meet me, I will beat the living piss out of him. I can't stand that SOB. If there's any fighter I can't stand more than anybody in mixed martial arts, it's Diego Sanchez. I don't like Conor McGregor, but Diego Sanchez, he's on a whole nother level. A whole nother level. So there you go. No, I'm laughing because I'm not, you got to be got to be pretty him.
4: bad. You got to be pretty bad if you're saying you you hate him more than
3: Connor. I hate him. I Cuz you really don't like him. I Connie. don't hate anybody. I hate him. I first of all, he beats women, which I and I saw him hit her. And I don't care what he says. I never put my hands on her. then, then, it came out a couple of months later. After that, that he was hitting her. She, she had him on an order protection, domestic violence, all this other stuff. So give me, give me a break, Diego. You're a piece of garbage. You like beating women? Go. What, what do you call himself? The dream catcher? Yeah. Go, go. Or the dream, nightmare. The nightmare. Whatever the hell you call it. you're, you're, you're nothing but a little. Uh, you're, you're a smurf, that's what you are. That's what you should be calling Diego the Smurf Sanchez because that's what you are. You're a piece of garbage. And you want to know something? In all in all, a lot of these fighters, you guys know this because you meet a lot of these fighters, you're in the ring with some of these guys, and they're, they all talk. They all talk. After, you know During the fight, you, you hear them grunting, they say things and whatever they're saying to the other fighter. It's the fighters that are quiet, the ones that are quiet and they don't say anything. Those are the ones you have to watch out for. That's what I'm going to say about that. And guys like Conor McGregor and Diego Conor, I give Conor a lot of credit. He has put up when he said things in certain, except the Khabib fight. He's put up, but again, we can go back. Who has Conor beaten? Who has he beaten? What fighter besides Jose Aldo at the top of his game? Who did he fight that he beat that was any good? You don't think Poirier was a good win? No. Poirier what about Chad Mendes? Ah, uh, no. Uh, Mende, no. no i i and listen alvarez alvarez is all right alvarez is all right but uh, again uh, he was overpowering over alvarez he power overpowered alvarez so let me ask you this is it someone's
4: fault if the matchmaker can't put a strong opponent Who's in the
3: matchmaker? Room? Oh i got it. Dana White. There it is. He's actually not. <laughs> mm, yeah. Somebody else is. Well, I'm sure, but he. No, I'm he, sure he has in, no input. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure Uncle Dana okay. has no input. He's got every input. He's got his two cents and his bald head up his ass, okay? But the bald stuff yeah, again, well, dude. Come on. Well, it's true. Maybe why. He, he used to have hair. If you remember uh, Dana White, uh, what was it, 10 years ago, he actually had a, a set of hair. He probably lost it because he was cheating everybody out of money. How many times have I seen the UFC, and, and the UFC with this Reebok deal? By the way, all right? These fighters are trying to find a way to make money, okay? The UFC are paying pennies to a dollar to most of these fighters. What is it? These undercard fighters are making $10,000, $12,000 a fight. They got to pay their trainers. The trainers cost them money. They got to pay for food, nutrition, licensing fees. fees. But because they can't have um, any sponsors, they can't get free nutrition deals. They can't get this. They can't get that. So – How is Dana White helping the fighters right now? He's only helping his own goddamn pockets. He's only helping the UFC as an organization, as an enterprise. He's not helping the guys that are putting fannies in the seats and money in his pocket. And you know what that tells me? It tells me one thing. Dana White is a piece of garbage. He's a thief. He might as well... Put on a, put on a face mask and go, or go rob a bank because that's what he's doing to these fighters. These fighters are not making enough money. And by the time the age of 35, 34 years old, when they can't do anything, they can't walk. These guys are trying to find construction jobs or doing other things on the side while they're doing this because they're not making a penny or a dime to piss in. Okay. So to me, Dana White is the biggest thief in, in sports. He is the biggest thief in sports and this Reebok deal. Who the hell is Reebok? Reebok's been trying to find the next NBA player to wear his sneakers, their sneakers. And there's not one of them. There's not one big... You've got guys like Kawhi Leonard right now that's wearing Adidas because he will not... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, not Adidas. Puma. He's wearing Puma because Reebok went to Kawhi Leonard and you know what he said to, to, to Reebok? He told Reebok lowballed him. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go to Puma. And Puma gave him $2-3 three million more. He went to Puma. And that Reebok
4: deal that the UFC has is a big reason why a lot of fighters make that decision to go to Bellator or stay in Bellator opposed to going to the UFC because you went, we, you're, you basically oh, one, lose. Oh,
1: don't forget about a one fight championship. And too, one fight championship.
4: So de- probably Demetrius Johnson probably made more money after that trade going over to Asia and fighting all those fights. Now, I'm sure part of that whole deal was eventually we're going to have them come back. Right. But they always do, and then they—they're no good anymore. But and the whole thing is, Demetrius. I mean, I think he's fighting this weekend. Actually,
5: mm-hmm.
4: he will be presented with that idea. Well, you've beaten everybody. You've won the belt over there. Are you gonna now going to come back to avenge that loss against Ceruto for the rubber match, which he was robbed on, by the way. He was robbed. He was robbed. That's an absolute. Don't even get me started with that one.
1: He was robbed because Dana White doesn't want him. Dana White does not like him. I think this is a... And he is one of the most
3: nicest people you'll ever meet. I've met him ridiculously nice. Uh, He is is what you call a sweetheart in MMA. He is a sweetheart. I met him a couple of years ago at an NFL event. He's a big football fan. uh, Demetrius uh, Johnson. Huge uh, uh, NFL fan. He was at the Super Bowl last year. Uh, He goes to Radio Row and all that other stuff. He is one of the nicest, uh, dedicated people to MMA you will ever meet. And for the fact that the UFC cannot promote him, cannot push his product out there. And I understand he doesn't want to move up in weight. And there's nobody that wants to go down in his weight because the weight is, is substantial. I mean, it, it, what's he fight at? 120? 125?
4: Well, he I mean, was stuck. For, until they brought that 125 division in, he was stuck fighting the bigger guys a lot. I mean, he was holding his own with them. But that's pretty much the only places that he has had his loss except for that BS decision with Zeruto, Come on. Man. I mean
3: I I just think that the way Dana White is programming his product it, it's only going to be the root of disaster and I think that's where it's heading because I'm not saying that MMA is going to be out and stuff like that because MMA is uh, is one of the biggest growing sports in the world and in 10 years from now it could be taking over Europe right now because over there in England there are young kids now believe it or not and I know a lot of MMA, uh, uh, MMA um, digital radio stations out there that I, I'm in contact with, I'm working with, possibly bring them on our network, and they tell me that the biggest sport out here in England right now is MMA. It's oh, not, yeah. it's not soccer, it's not European football, it's MMA. But here in the America, here in America right now, we have the heavyweight division in boxing and you have Canelo Alvarez dominating and you have G Triple G and you have all these guys Ryan Garcia and and all these other guys that I keep mentioning these are up and coming fighters are fighters that are in their prime that are dominating their divisions and they're undefeated or have one loss tell me right now besides John Jones who stands out record wise that and don't give me the what's his, the the guy that just won his fight that the the fight against um uh, the third, the forty-year-old. Um,
1: uh, Who? Um, oh, what the style bender? Forty-year-old. Yes,
3: he's
4: talking. He's talking about the style bender, the guy that fought Romero, Israel. Uh, Israel. Oh. Israel. Israel.
3: Israel. It's Anasani. Yes, Alasanye. Okay. Yes, and 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 I'll tell you this right now. I thought Israel was a lot better fighter than I saw in that fight. But I'll tell you this right now. After watching that fight and watching how disturbing that fight was and how boring that fight was, it only shows me one thing MMA is becoming watered down. They are trying to sell a product that doesn't exist anymore. It should have never happened. It doesn't exist exist anymore, Anthony. It doesn't. And I'm sorry. You guys work in the amateur divisions, and I'm not, and again, I love MMA. I'm sorry. I'm sitting out here. There is not one fighter that I can honestly say in UFC. Amateur divisions that I've seen that I, it stands out to me right now that says he could be the next champion. Or he's going to be the next big superstar in MMA. There is not one. So, to me, when you say that and you see that, there's a problem. That is a problem. And and, and you want to know something? What's so funny about this, Sabretooth, is Dana What's White. It? Dana White sugarcoats it. Every time he has a press conference and an analyst asks him... Who stands out to you? Who's the next big superstar? Who's this? Who's that? And he mentions names, and every single one of those press guys says, "Well, he lost two fights, you know, two fights, three, three fights ago, you know what I mean?" Or he lost two fights before he won his last three fights. What makes him such a great fight? Oh, well, he learned from his mistakes, or he this, this he's a growing champion, all this other stuff. He's also the one that said that uh, Conor McGregor is the Muhammad Ali. Of uh, of uh, of MMA, which I think is a joke too. That was stupid. That was I that's a joke that. too. Because here's the thing: Chuck Liddell's been do- he did it for years. How many times did we see Chuck Liddell at a press conference take shots at people's families, take shots at them? Chuck Liddell didn't give a shit who you were. Okay, he didn't give a crap who you
1: were. That's but- why he was the Huntington Beach bad boy. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's that's Tito. Tito. That's Tito. Tito. That was Tito. Oh, sorry. Oh, he's another
3: one one too. He was another one too that didn't give a shit what people thought of him either. And I'm sorry I'm cursing because it it, it heats
1: me up when I see – No, you're right about everything you're saying. It's just what sucks is that, like you said, Dana White – literally Dana White has lost it. When Dana White managed to get this organization, the UFC, to the pedestal that he got it to right now – he he he's relaxed he's not hungry no more back in the day 20 years ago 10 years ago when he was trying to prove a point with it that's when he was hungry that's when he was doing what he was supposed to do 25 years ago now he's like all right billions of dollars i get to sit and relax because no matter what happens even if they even if i sell my share i'm sitting on i think he made from Reebok deal, he made like thirty million. Yeah, he from made from the Fox deal, he made like twenty five million. This is to him. This is what goes to him. Yes, yeah, so, so he, it's like he, he's chilling. Yeah, when they sold when they sold the four point three billion dollar
3: uh, UFC to that organization, he owned seven seven and a half percent of the UFC. Mm-hmm. So he made. million off that deal. And he still gets a salary. And he gets a salary, and he's the president, and he's making money off these other deals that he's making with ESPN and all these endorsements. But by the way, he doesn't want to pay the fighters and help the fighters get endorsements where they can pay their bills and help their families out. How about this? What are the fighters doing right now? And some of these fighters are doing this full-time. What are the fighters doing right now with the coronavirus? Is the UFC helping out the fighters? Are they giving them food or helping them pay their bills? I guarantee you they're not. But Dana White sitting on his nice throne over there at his house in front of his 80-inch, 90-inch TV, laughing his ass off and going to the bank. Okay? That is the problem right now in mixed martial arts. The problem in mixed martial arts is one person and one person only. And you're hearing it right now from me. Dana effing White. That is the problem. Get him off the throne. Get a real person that actually knows what he is doing now. And and actually is not looking in the business end of it. And actually looking out for the fighters. Get somebody Hmm. like that in. And and, and the MMA world. And I I guarantee you there will be better fighters coming up. Guarantee
1: you. Damn right. If, if it would have been the Dana White we knew in the beginning, like when John John Jones popped for steroids, he would have flipped. If it was Brock Lesnar, when he popped for steroids, he would have flipped. Anybody flipped for steroids when he first started, Dana White would have just kicked him out. He wouldn't have cared. He would have been like, fuck you, you're done. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. No, it's all right. And, like, and, you, and, and it's so funny you say that because Dana White is another
3: guy that was caught doing steroids too. Dana White was doing steroids. Look how skinny Dana White was when he, 10 years ago. Look how skinny he was. Look how mm. big he is now. And look how big he was when he was supposed to fight. Who was he supposed to fight? He was going to fight Tito, a boxing match. He was supposed to do the fight with yes. Tito. Watch how how big, he was supposed to fight Tito Ortiz. Yep. Look how big he was when he was, getting, he was having a yelling match at a press conference with him and Tito Ortiz. Look how big Dana White was. Look how fat he got after that. Okay, you don't think he was doing steroids. Give me a break. He was absolutely doing steroids. That guy is such a hypocrite, an absolute hypocrite, and you want to know something if Dana White don't like me or if he hears this, he can go f himself. I could give a shit what he thinks, okay, and you could take that to the bank, Dana. Because I don't care what (laughs) millions of dollars that you have, billions of dollars that you have. I don't give a crap what you are. And you're going to say, well, you're on a puny radio show. Yeah, you're the one that goes on tour with Matt Serra. Yes. Out of all the guys you can take to go to these competitions around the country, around the world, you take Matt Serra. You know why you take Matt Serra? Because he kisses your ass. That's the only reason why. That is the only reason why. He kisses your ass. Not GSP. How many times have we heard GSP? K- Khabib is taking shots and trying to get. Uh, GSP out of retirement to fight him. And even Dana White has said, you know, trying to get GSP out so he can get that that match made in heaven, GSP versus Khabib, which which you know what will happen because uh, GSP is going to have to cut weight, a significant amount of weight, to get back to 170. And with, with, with his age and really with all the injuries he's had in the past, it's just impossible. And GSP is an older man now. GSP did the right thing by shutting it
4: down so he doesn't deal with the fate of... The Chuck Liddell's where they stuck around one too many or the Anderson Silvers, where they stuck around one too many. You know, GSP, as much as people say, oh, he left to it. No, no, I think he left. He left the way he wanted to. He didn't damage his legacy or anything like that. I mean, yeah, it's quiet and all that. but Because
3: he didn't listen to Dana White like everybody else is. I, I think it's exactly. he, did, he made the right move by shutting
4: it down when he did, just like Chuck should have shut it down.
3: And by Early. the way, and by the way, going back to Dana White, when Oscar De La Hoya got Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz out of retirement to fight on his card, Dana White was taking shots at uh, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. And Chuck Liddell's a very good friend. And by the way, after the fight and after Oscar De La Hoya did not pay the fighters what he was supposed to pay them because the fight just didn't do as well as he thought it was going to do pay-per-view-wise, Dana White took a shot at Oscar De La Hoya saying that he should not be coming into... Um, this style of fighting because he doesn't know anything about it. Let me ask you this question, Dana. Now, we know Oscar De La Hoya has two viable champions right now, and Ryan Garcia is the next big superstar in boxing, and Canelo Alvarez, who's the biggest draw in professional boxing right now today. You're going to honestly tell me, tell me what fighter you have right now that, and I'm not talking about Conor McGregor because he's a draw, or John Jones, tell me... One fighter, and take John Jones out of it because John Jones is not going to be he's not going to be fighting for at least another year again. Take, take John Jones out of it. Tell me a fighter right now that you can compare right now to Canelo Alvarez or Ryan Garcia. The answer is no one. You know why? Because your garbage that you're putting out there, what you're promoting out there, why don't you do one thing? Bring in the right guy to go on these tours, go on these, uh, I guess you, extravaganza. And go out there because you're Dana White and you want to put your head out there and you want to show off over there and you want to do the things that you do best and putting it... Because if you notice, if you notice everything that goes on with uh, the press conferences, who's the first person to talk and who speaks for a half an hour before the other fighters do? Oh,
4: he he uh, dictates the pace.
3: Dana White. And you want to know something? I'm sorry. How many presidents of organizations go out there as much... As Dana White does. Go over here. How many times commissioners of professional sports? I guess you could call Dana White the commissioner of MMA, right? Or UFC. He's the commissioner of the UFC. He's the guy. He's the pres he's, yeah, he's, pre- he's the commissioner. He's the guy that yeah. runs the UFC. Mm-hmm. Okay? So tell me in all these professional sports um baseball, hockey, football, basketball, how many times do you see the commissioner a year? One See, how many times do you see the commissioner year speak to the see, press? See, that's rough, though.
4: That's how many rough. times? But that's rough. How many times? But, it, no. It, but that's rough because Dana White is not the. It's not. He's not over. He's not the head of the sport of MMA in general. In his eyes, he is. Because I mean, when you look at those other. In sports, his eyes, he you is. You have individual people that own teams. Yeah. Now, if you wanted to turn around and say, how many times do you see in a press conference for football, you see Jerry Jones running things? That's ultimately what the parallel would be.
3: Even Jerry Jones. How many times do you see Jerry Jones? No, I'm just simply saying that's how the parallel would I'm be. Not, I understand that. But if you're going to bring owners or you're going to bring something like that, he's the closest thing to a commissioner. Right? I, that's the way I look at it. So, no, it's just because his, his organization has monopoly on the sport. It's because he is a narcissist. And what he wants to do is he wants his stupid, big-ass head on television. And that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about these fighters. He doesn't care. How many times have we talked about these fighters not getting the benefits, not getting the protection uh, when they get hurt or they have their broken arms or their broken legs? Who's paying for those bills? Is it the UFC? I'm sorry, I don't think the UFC pays those bills. What if somebody gets injured in a fight? Yes, yes. the UFC has to pay for it. Really? No, he pays for. Yeah, he pays for he, it. No, Dana has, no has, has the it. insurance
1: policy for Oh, them, now he has. That they it. must cover did it. He, yeah. Did he?
3: Now he does, uh, but. Over the years did he have that insurance policy he probably didn 't not back in the day he didn 't he probably didn 't he probably didn 't He probably had to do it because certain states require it like New York requires it. New york it. is New york
4: is New is york the requires steepest.
3: it I mean it requires it there are states that don 't require that oh I know that and, and, and that 's why I know in my eyes if dana white and, and this is facts. If Dana White can go away from using insurance policy to protect him and, and keep money, keep money in more into his pockets or his organization's pockets, he would do it. Not for the fight but for himself. Okay? So uh, this is the problem right now in professional sports as a whole. I mean, look what um Rob Manford's doing right now in baseball. Rob Manford decided not to really punish the Houston Astros. He did not punish them at all. So now you're hearing. Boston's getting, you know, he, he investigated the whole Boston mm-hmm. thing, right. and he came out and said he will not announce what he is going to, or what what he has seen through his investigation of the Boston Red Sox until the season starts. Why? You know why? Because he wants to make sure that when baseball starts, and because of the coronavirus, everybody is going to be so excited that baseball is back, and hockey is back, and basketball is back, that if he starts to present what he saw with the Red Sox, it will be a one-week conversation. They'll get fined and everything like that, and he'll brush it off just like he did with the Houston Astros. Is that the way you run an organization? No, that's not the way you run an organization. Dana White's been doing it, and Rob Manfred. That's why Rob Manfred in 2024 will not have a job. He will not have a job. And Dana White, whenever his contract's up, whenever the owner of this what, – what organization, IMG or whatever – whoever well, here's the thing. IMG, the
4: his actual agent when he, he was with the Fertitas. yes, is now his boss. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere,
3: <sighs> man. Well, I, I feel bad for the MMA fans. The,
4: the agent that, owned, well, he used to be the the sports agent was the model for Ari Gold out of mm-hmm. Entourage. Mm-hmm. Okay, Th- who just so happens to be named Ari. He actually is the person who is the head of IMG. He's the one who made the deal. He's the one who, even though the UFC turned down bigger offers, it was because of that relationship that they kept it. And ultimately, that was the reason why Dana White took that offer, because it was somebody that they worked with in the past.
3: I'm just, I, I, it, I just to mind. me, and it really, really bothers me, and that's why I wanted, and I'm happy that you called, because to me, I, I need people I need people that know a little bit more in in depth in the rules and in, in the sport, I just know what I see as a fighter and as a person now, as a spectator, and and, and what I get out of you know what I what I get out of the people that and I know Jeff is trying to call in. <laughs> I'm sure Jeff has I'm got something to say. I'm
4: surprised it's like this now. I'll put a, I'll put him late. through.
3: I'll put him through. I'll, I'll I'll put him through after we get off the phone with Sabretooth. But um, I, I have to say that you know when I see the UFC and where the UFC is going, it, it's not it's not something you could brush off your shoulders as a as an MMA fan. That's for sure. Not at all. Anyways, th- Sabretooth, thank you for calling, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks, absolutely. That was Sabretooth. That was your friend, right? Kenny Vasquez, ISK official. Well, I'm going to – I know, Kenny, man. I, 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 I that know Kenny. Kenny. That was Kenny. That was Kenny. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to call Jeff because Jeff wants to – I know Jeff wants to get on on get in on this, and he's probably going to take a shot at me. So we're going to put him right through right now. What's going on, Jeff.
6: Dude, who are you to tell anyone else they're a clown? First of all, Dana White took a nothing company that was like filled with nobodies that was worth ten
3: dollars And they're filled with nobody's now. now. And they're filled with nobodies now. And they're filled with nobody's now. Who there who's there right now that you can stand up before besides John Jones, who always gets in trouble and Conor McGregor that always gets in trouble? Besides those two okay, idiots. Look-
6: Okay, listen, I, I know that you're going to not like this answer because you're going to go, oh, well, he's a boring fighter. But, yo, Khabib dominates people. Mm. Dominates people. He's and, a dominant
3: and, fighter. And, he, and I get you
6: probably don't like his style, but he's a beast. No, I like
3: Khabib, but here's the thing. What is, just just so we, we can go into this, besides Conor McGregor, who did Khabib beat? Who is he beaten? What guy? Who oh, he Who is he beaten? What guy in, in the UFC right now that stands out on on his list of fights that he the twenty two twenty three fights that he has won? What fighter stands out besides Conor McGregor? The answer I, is gonna, I, the answer is nobody. I'm not going to hold that. I'm, I'm not going to hold that against Khabib because Dana White's the one that makes the fights and forces the fight.
6: That's not Khabib's fault. I'm sure if Khabib wanted to fight, you know, anybody, Dana
3: White would probably be like, no, that's not who I have you fighting. And why is Khabib going to Russia seven days before a fight? Why is that? When, when there was no cancellation of two, UFC 249 that we've heard, he decides to flee and go to Russia. The same guy that backed out of this fight three times, no, two times out of the three times, and this is the third out of four times he's backed out of Ferguson.
6: I mean, you're they, they, slamming Dana White and being like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Dude, he, he basically single-handedly created a $5 billion company. And, oh, yeah, they have a monopoly on the industry. Basically. Jeff,
3: let me ask you a question. And, I, and and you're you're a big sports fan, and I respect you for a lot of things that you say. And I don't respect you on some of the stupid things that you say. Dana White. Like Tom Brady on his hand was made up? What? What happened Go ahead. No I know, I, knew, I knew you were going to bring that up. that's why I said what. But here's the thing. And, and what really bothers me about people that you know want to want to say what they say about Dana White. if I was Dana White at the time that I took I had the opportunity to take over as the president or the guy that run that organization, anybody in their right mind, would know that that organization, what they were doing, MMA, was a growing sport at the time that he took it over, where he wanted to take it over and run it. Anthony could have taken it over. I could have taken it over. All you needed to do was find sponsors to, to, to love a sport that is highly fun to watch. That's really what it is. It's a sport that you're watching people beat the hell out of people on the ground, not standing up, on the ground. And tapping them out, putting them on flying arm bars or uh rear naked chokeholds or guillotine or arm locks or knee locks or all these different things that you could tap somebody out and you don't have to be the strongest guy or the toughest guy. Anybody in their mom would have known that this was going to be a breakthrough sport eventually. All you had to do was figure it out how how you could bring in sponsors and advertise it. That was it. That's it. And that, and it, it, it's, I
6: mean, I mean, but it was a hard sell at the beginning.
3: It was a super hard. What did he buy that company for a million bucks, a million dollars. And your reason why they bought and, it for and, a million, they, actually, they actually bought it for $3 million company. They bought it for $3 million. Okay. So, so let me get this straight. I, I, I I'm gonna, I'm going to ba- I'm going to take it back. Okay. So George Steinbrenner bought the New York Yankees in the seventies for $10 million, right? From CBS, from CBS for $10 million. Remember that? Sure. Okay. And they became a multi billion dollar organization within 15 years, okay? And now the Yankees are the biggest most it, besides the Cowboys, the Yankees and the Cowboys are the two number one franchises in the world when it comes to buying any products out there in a sports store, Dick's Sporting Goods store, okay? So he took a he took a program with a winning franchise, a, you, a winning, a winning franchise, a winning franchise. He took a winning franchise and turned that winning franchise into a billion dollars. When everybody knows that, as the years go by, more money is, be- more sponsorships, more opportunities to make money, more advertisement sponsorships, more companies are going to grow, and all that other stuff. Everybody knew if you if you start something like you go into stocks, you buy a stock. You buy Apple. Years and years ago, you bought Apple. You know that it's a computer program. It's a computer organization. Eventually, th- it- computers are the wave of the future. That stock that was worth a dollar was going to turn to 30 or $40. Eventually, it would have. And all you had to do was buy the stock when it was low. That's exactly what Dana White did. That's exactly what uh, George Steinbrenner did. It wasn't something he was smarter than anybody else. He had the money or he had the... The, weir- the hearsay at the time to take over a business where in the business nobody cared about it. Nobody cared. Dana White cared about it. You heard what Sabretooth said. You heard what the guy said. He said that at the time, 10, 12 years ago, Dana White actually gave a shit about the organization. Now he doesn't give a crap about it. And you can see it by the way he- the way he's drawing up and bringing fighters to the, the UFC now. He's worried. Of- right
4: now I think he's worried more about building the actual fight cards than it was back in the day, like when Kenny was referring to, when it was building up the talent. You know, that's what he was doing when he was on the UF, when he was promoting the Ultimate Fighter shows, bringing those guys in and such and all that stuff. He got away from that. And now, what did he he replace it with? More fights. That's what the Contender Series is, you know, and such. And, you know, unfortunately, he doesn't have the biggest
3: scouting, you know, the, the biggest scouting... Um, team out there. No, no, here's the reason why he doesn't want to open his pockets to pay those guys to go out there and find the next fighter. I think it's more
4: or less that they're trying to make offers to already established talent in other areas. That's why guys. You don't think That's why. Perfect example. Mm. Michael Chandler, mm-hmm. Bellator. Mm-hmm. Okay, well established fighter. No, multiple time champion.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Another guy I'll bring up. Okay. A younger guy, but mm-hmm. you, he's an up-and-coming. You know, Lance Palmer, two-time million-dollar winner over in PFL. Let Jer- me ask you this: Will you ever see those two? You know, Dana would would take them in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Do you think either one of those will come in? No, to the UFC.
3: No, because he doesn't want to pay him. And Jerome Musasi, who asked Dana White for when he was his contract was up, he asked Dana White for a six-fight. He wanted to make close to six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars a fight. Now, is that saying much to a fighter that won eight fights in a row against your best fighters in your welterweight division that sucked? Okay? So, and he decided to let Musasi go just like he let Rory McDonald go to Bellator when Rory McDonald was one of the best welterweights they had in their division. Okay? It's because he doesn't want to pay the right fighters. He pays guys like Donald Cerrone, who I love. And I'm not taking a shot at Donald Cerrone. I love him. I think he's a great guy, he's a good hearted person. Donald Cerrone has been washed up for five years. He's been a washed up fighter. But f- for the last three, two years ago, he gave him a six or seven card fight where he's making five, $600,000 you know a fight. I don't think
4: it's fair to say he's washed up. He's washed up. No. I, he's old. Okay? He's older. He's had a lot of wear and tear on him. I don't think it's fair to say that the guy is washed up because even recently the guy's had some decent performances. You know? Is he is he at the, cha- the championship level anymore? No. But, I mean, the the guy can still make a hell of a competitor. GSP could
3: be a competitor still. I mean, again, I'm not saying that he's not a good fighter. I'm saying that he's washed up. He's not the same fighter. That's what I look at a washed-up fighter. If he can't cut it anymore, and he really can't, I'm sorry. I don't care what fights he's had. He's fighting fighters that some of the guys that he's fighting are washed up, too. That's why he's winning them. I mean, there's nobody in the UFC right now that I can honestly say, Wow, I want to watch that guy fight. There is none. There is none. You don't like Khabib. You don't want to watch Khabib. No, please. here's the reason why you don't want Here's the reason why. And I like Khabib. And I I want. I like Khabib and everything. Khabib has been ducking Tony Ferguson forever. Forever. And you know why he's been ducking him? Just like Mayweather's been ducking Pacquiao for years. And then finally he fought oh, Pacquiao. Not, and he had a torn rotator him cuff. Ducking
6: him. That's not him ducking him. That's Dana White, dude makes the fight and decides who fights. hold that's, on hold that's on the best part about oh, the nah. UFC is is boxers can duck other boxers there's no ducking anyone what in are the you UFC. talking about they
3: hold were... on he dehydrated himself twice you're a you're a professional athlete you're a professional athlete and you dehydrated yourself two times back-to-back times and you couldn't you couldn't make weight and you couldn't make the fight okay that's twice to me you you, Out of all the fighters, and he fought in the same weight class. Same weight class when he fought Conor McGregor. He fought in the same weight class. But why is it when he fought Ferguson, when he was supposed to fight Ferguson, three out of the four, uh, three out of the four times, he is backing out, or he dehydrated, or uh, the epidemic. He decided, you know what? I don't know what's going on with USC 249. Uh, I'm going to fly seven, eight days before the fight, even though I don't know what's going on with it. And then it comes out yesterday saying that I'll fight him in August. To me, that's backing out. And I'll tell you this right now: Ferguson and Khabib probably will never fight. They will never fight. Because Khabib, I believe, and I believe, you know this, just like basketball, football, baseball, hockey, everything. It's all about matchups. I believe Khabib thinks that he doesn't match up well against Tony Ferguson. That's what I believe. And I believe Khabib, with his undefeated record, he has a lot to prove. Just like uh, John Jones says he's undefeated. when he, He is undefeated, but he had a disqualification. So he has a loss on his record. In my eyes, he has one loss. He... Khabib has no losses, and Khabib wants to keep it that way because he wants to be looked at as the best MMA fighter of all time. And the truth
6: yeah, is, two, you can't compare
3: those two fighters because they're always
6: going to be looked at differently. Because Khabib has never tested positive for any kind from of from Russia. And don't worry, fight John you'll John
3: see it. In, he tests positive for. He's from Russia. Eventually, you'll it'll come out that he was. I guarantee. No, but, he you. Hasn't, but he hasn't yet, right? So no, he hasn't yet. No. But every fight, John Jones is being,
6: you know, disqualified from after the fact because he's all drugged
3: up. Yeah, again, you're absolutely right. And I and John Jones is the the greatest fighter the UFC one of the top 3 fighters that UFC has ever had. He has he's been dominant that long, but he's been caught doing steroids twice and and I said I I would to me in every single sport and I've said this on this show, I've said it on all my shows. I think in the only two sports that steroids should not be used in is MMA and boxing. Those are the only two sports. Every other sport, steroids are used to heal. Steroids are used to get stronger. That's fine. It doesn't make you see the ball better. It it might make you hit the ball harder. It might make you hit the puck harder. But it's not going to make you... you, All you have to say is Jose Canseco to prove that fact. Yeah.
4: (laughs) But no, no, you're absolutely right. It gives you a... Being stronger in any one of the combat sports, gives you a competitive advantage.
3: Absolutely does. And and, and as far as drugs are concerned and the driving skills that this guy has, uh, well, he shouldn't be driving and somebody should be watching him. One guy you never bring up
4: and one guy we never bring up because he's so low-key and so under the radar as a really premier fighter, a really good fighter, maybe it's because they don't market him nearly enough because the guy is is a very good and very good boxer, Stepe. Oh, I know Stepe. Yes, yes. Stepe is a very good fighter. I don't believe that now. As you said with Masasi, mm-hmm. as you said with a lot of these guys like mm-hmm. Demetrious, I would it surprise you if you see Stepe go down that road of the UFC misusing him, yep. and then you see him going somewhere else and just building off. And we're talking about a guy who not only yeah he he lost to Cormier, but what happened. He legitimately he legitimately came back and came back and won that following fight. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you don't see that you'll see somebody lose, they lose the belt, whatever, and then you see you, everybody wants to matchups. was he on a bad day, good day, this that there's always some. he was the only guy that I could say legitimately redeemed himself after a loss and we're not talking about a guy who had an upset against a poke. Cormier beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, finished him, and then he came back in uh, probably one of the best comebacks in that fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially with the work not the body, especially with the work as a body that he did mm-hmm. in a way that you know it's not the most popular. It probably looks like he ended. He, he ended him.
3: He beat him on the body. He ended Daniel Cormier's career because after that Daniel Cormier never fought again, and and I don't think he ever's going to fight again. So uh, what bothers me, and and Jeff, you're absolutely right. I, I'm not saying Khabib isn't a great fighter. He is. But he has to fight fighters, better fighters, for me to say, well, he's one of the greatest. Go look at Anderson Silvers in, in, in the top uh, the top of his career, the nine years where he didn't lose a fight. Go look at the fighters he beat. Go look at them. They were all top fighters in his division.
6: But not, but not all of that is Khabib's
3: fault because Dana White is the one that makes the fights. Yeah, but he picks the fight. Dana White goes to him and says, do you want to fight this guy? You're telling me? You're honestly going to tell me after four fights and now three out of the four, he backed out of them, or he dehydrated everything. You're telling me he he's not backing out because he's afraid of Tony Ferguson? He's absolutely afraid of Tony Ferguson. And, and Jeff, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I
4: understand the, the point that you're making. You know, it is true. Dana White makes the fight. Absolutely. Dana White's the one who presents it. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. But Dana White made this fight, too. And he jumped on that plane. Mm-hmm. Just like he made the other fights that may have been a lot weaker opponents, and Dana White made those, Dana White wants this fight to happen, too. Uncle Dana wants his money. And unfortunately, like we said earlier, Khabib, with all of these concerns that he had for his family, he didn't... If I'm concerned, you we've, we've said about how he feels about his family. Why was he a concern
3: I mean? two months ago
4: when it came out? You're, you're worried about your family. I'm worried about my daughter in Jersey or something. I hear this. I'm running. Now... Is he jumping? No, he waited how many weeks before he jumped on? Eight days before the fight. I'm not saying his concerns aren't aren't legitimate in his head of why he's doing it, but the way he did it makes everybody come along with a raised eyebrow. That's all it comes down to. And unfortunately, like you said, yeah, you're right. Dana White makes all these matchups that, you know, weren't proven fighters or whatever you want to call established fighters
3: that he beat. Dana White made this one too, and... He's out. All I'm saying is Dana White's got to stop putting his face in front of the camera and start worrying about what is out there, what is in front of the camera. What fighters he has in front of the camera that he could promote or bring to that pedestal like a Conor McGregor, like a John Jones, the Matt Hughes, the GSPs, the guys that were selling the product when, when, when the product was at its highest point. The product has definitely taken five steps back because of the product that's out there, and you blame Dana White for that because Dana White has always got his head up his own ass. One of
4: the biggest reasons why you could say talent pools are diminished or weight class, the talent in weight classes are watered down, as you would use is when somebody has to use the super fight as a way of bringing in money. Mm-hmm. Not a lightweight fight, heavyweight. It's always got to be a super fight. Why do you have to take two, the two best guys out of each division? Because they've beaten everybody, but you don't have anybody else for them.
3: Uh, and that's you know? why I don't like listening to Ariel's... Uh... A show because oh, Aaron Hawani? yeah I don't listen to his show because he kisses Dana White's ass. You would have had three
4: hours right now worth of
3: Nothing. People talking about coronavirus yes. and
4: or how interviewing MMA fighters or deal interviewing
3: paper shortages or interviewing these MMA fighters because he gets all of them because it's Ariel and he's up Dana White's ass and Dana White makes sure he gets every single MMA fighter on his show because it, he kisses Dana White. I I I hate people that kiss Dana White's ass because Dana White needs to be set straight. Somebody needs to go to Dana White and say. What is this garbage you're putting out here? This is garbage. Go out and find some good fighters. Stop putting your finger up your own ass and start worrying about sticking your finger up somebody else's ass and letting them be the puppet. Okay? Because that's... He doesn't want other people, Jeff, to be the center stage, in the center stage or the centerfold of the UFC. He wants to be the face of the UFC. And that's the problem. But but that that strategy to
6: a point. Listen... I understand the people that don't like that. And I get it that, that people don't like that he would be the face of it. But I also understand the strategy because fighters come and go, and Dana White, for the most part, is always going to be there. And he's basically selling himself as like, listen, trust me, I'm going to make the best fight, so, and, and you can trust me that I'm going to make the best fights, and blah, blah, blah. And that's what how he sells his product, though. Like, you know, like the Gracie's, they weren't around forever. Ken Shamrock's gone. Tito Ortiz is gone. Like all the guys that were the face of it at the beginning are all gone. So why wouldn't he try to make himself the face and say, I, I make the greatest fights, still watch this because I'm here. Wasn't that the same strategy basically? He's, yeah, got, he's got the greatest, he's got
3: point. the, he, he's, he brought the biggest showman the UFC has ever had in Conor McGregor. If you're going to make somebody the face of the MMA world, make him the face, not himself. Because every time you think of the UFC, the first person you think is Dana White, but, not Conor but, McGregor. But,
6: but eventually Conor McGregor isn't going to be there. Is
3: That's my fine, point. and Dana White shouldn't be there anymore either, because he's washed up and he's putting out a water bottle. Product. And I'm t- I'm sorry. No matter what you swing you. to me, Jeff. Uh, you can mention Khabib Ferguson. I think Ferguson's the best fighter the UFC has right now. And I'm going to say that he's again. Terrific. He's a terrific, terrific. Tony Ferguson is a terrific fighter. He's a little crazy. He's a little out there. He likes to uh escape. You know, he likes to go on highways and leave his car and think that with his his wife and his daughter in the car and run across a, a parkway and say that aliens are going to attack the world and he needs to find. Find shelter. pulled, pulled, a, pulled a Ricky Bobby. Stop judging him. him I mean, he's crazy, he dude. A, he
4: pulled a Ricky Bobby
3: on the highway. He is a crazy man. But uh, besides that, the guy is a sensational fighter. And the fact that he doesn't get his play in the UFC is because Dana White don't like him. Dana White does not like him. He likes Khabib. He likes Ferguson because they kiss his ass. That's the truth. And he makes them money. And, the, and the guys like Tony Ferguson and... I...
4: Dana White's stuck in a situation where he has to have those two fights mm-hmm. because he, anything other to bring McGregor in mm-hmm. looks exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Like he's favoring McGregor. Well, There's yeah. no justifiable way of doing Ma it. Fidel, Ma Vidal should be another but, guy. But Ma Fidel, other take it, take him back two fights. He wasn't. You would think that he could catch bullets with his teeth. With all this mystique, you know what I mean. What's the guy's record? Something like eighteen and twelve. I don't care about records
3: because you know this. It, it's not about the record. It really is not no. But let's be real. We've seen. If we've you seen... want to
4: say, if you want to say that this guy is so, I didn't you know, say he was so good. BMF. I'm not I, saying you. I'm speaking no. general, mm-hmm. but that because that's what they're leading to.
5: Mm-hmm. I mean,
4: come on. They had a, a belt made, a novelty belt made. You had Dwayne Johnson come in with it. Yeah. All right. You he he was given the fight. By the doctor. That's what I'm saying on that one. The doctor stopped the fight. Do I think it should have been stopped? Hell no. That doctor's synonymous with stopping fights early. And as we all know, Diaz comes on later in fights, championship rounds, mm-hmm. which Masvidal has never even touched a five-round fight like Diaz has. Diaz shouldn't
6: even be allowed to fight anymore. How's that? <laughs> Who?
3: He said Diaz, should, Diaz. Not be, yeah, should not be fighting anymore.
6: Isn't that the kid from Jersey?
3: No, 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 no. Nate Diaz. Oh. Nate Diaz from Stockton. you Nate know Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. Who's, yeah. the, who's the kid from Jersey that keeps getting his ass kicked? Frankie Edgar? Frankie Edgar. He hasn't. I screwed up he's Frankie retired. With, with yeah, he just retired, Frankie. He's retired. He hasn't had a fight in probably like years. Yeah, days. and Frankie's a three-time champion. So it BJ is
6: dog food by now.
3: Beat PJ Penn twice mm-hmm. decisively. And, and yeah, he beat PJ
6: Penn at the top of his BJ Penn's game. Yeah, but no one's saying he wasn't a good fighter. I'm saying, you know, his brain's dog food. They shouldn't allow that dude to fight. I I screwed that up. I, all of our, I, our brains are dog food.
3: Well, I I first of all, I'm a very good friend <laughs> I'm I'm a very good friend of Frankie Edgar so I'm not I would never talk bad about him. I, I he's one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Um, I'm not very, talking bad about him. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm his, saying... With his, I, his long-term health. I would never say anything bad about uh, somebody that I, I, I know personally and respected. Uh, but I will say this. I, I, I've seen fighters come and I've seen fighters go. Frankie Edgar, Edgar has one of the biggest hearts. And all the stuff and all the, trials, uh, all, all the trials and tribulations that guy had to go through to get to the UFC. MTV did a whole thing on yeah. him uh when, true when life. yeah true life, true life on I'm him MMA fighter. it is unbelievable how far he has gotten how many people have pushed him out the door he's too small he's too this he's too that he's not a good stand up fighter he became one of the best stand up fighters in his weight class at 155 he became a champion at, at, at the prime of his career against fighters that he had no ch- people said he had no chance against so I, I Guys like Frankie Edgar, those are warriors. And and the UFC don't have those guys anymore. There are no warriors anymore in the UFC. They're all peewees. That's what they are. They're all... What I said when when, when Sabretooth was on. They're all pussies. That's what they are. It's all about... It's all a showman. I want to get in front of the camera. I want to be the guy. And that's the whole point. That's it. That's all Pretty in all. Strong words coming from you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say right to their – listen, I'll say it to your face, and I'll say it to right to their face in person. I've got my own thoughts to what I think and what I watch with MMA. And I know a little bit about I fought, and I was a boxer, and I understand what it, what it takes. it couldn't the oranges. Really? Any day you want to box me, buddy. Any day you want to box me. I don't care how heavy you are. Any day you want to box. Dude. I tell you what, yeah. you wouldn't last a round with me. And I'm out of shape. Dude. You wouldn't last a round with me. Oh God, you're you're so tough. Oh, I'm not being it's tough. It's unbelievable. I'm just telling you the truth. Any day, we'll go one round because I don't think you're going to go past a round with me. But not just me. Um, you'll get tired. So and I. I can make that three three minutes. uh we'll, we'll do five minute rounds. We'll do a five-minute round because we're only going to do they're three. Not, not no, we're going to do then. Well, we'll – do... we'll box. We'll box three rounds, five minutes. You're not going so that's past – not me. boxing, is it? You want to do a three-round? You want to do three minutes? You're not going to go past a, a minute 50. You're not going to go past with me. If you want to do oh, that, any God. day you want to do it. Any day you want to do it. And I'm out of shape. If you need a ref, I might know a guy. Yeah. I'll have you as a ref. <laughs> what, Captain
6: Albano
4: there is going to ref it? <laughs> hey, listen, buddy. My fat ass will break you in half with my freaking pinky, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you this right now. My ass may be old. I may be slow. But you throw it through. I throw your ass in that cage. some t- point, you're going to slow down. Buddy,
6: I'm breaking your chops. I respect you a whole lot more than that. I love how Jeff. How many times, in all honesty. He, he can't stand No, in all me. honesty. All right. I love Jeff. Because you want to know
4: something? How many times, even before I came on this show... That I always say. What happened? Did Jeff call? Did Jeff mm-hmm. call? I would always say it.
3: Oh, uh, you knew he was going to call. I, I knew he was going to stick. I'm just his two to took that long, it.
4: unless he was trying to get through when we had the other. No,
3: he was just trying to. He was waiting for the perfect time for to attack me, and that, there it was. No, 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 it's not attacking you. You just say dumb things. That really? How is it dumb? <laughs> How is it dumb? What I said. How, how how is it dumb saying that the UFC is watered up? How is that dumb? The UFC is watered up. Dana White is all about himself. Dana White has screwed fighters. Dana White cares about the organization not the fighters in front of them dana white has screwed fighters out of opportunities to get bigger contracts and more money for 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 their their families and their children's to eat okay that's facts that's not stupid that's facts and ask anybody that knows it go ask mma fighters and we'll have ufc fighters on you ask them how much they made if they weren't in the championship fight they make pennies to a dollar okay they don't make anything they make nothing <laughs> So, I'm wrong, and I don't know what I'm talking about? Go ask Chris Wyman how much he made against... Go ask Chris Wyman how much he made against Anderson Silva in his first fight. Go ask him.
6: That's, that, that's any... That's like any... Like you, you could just mean any organization, any, you know, Major League Baseball, any of those things. When those things were created salaries were super low you have to build the product and that's what dana white did so yeah the guys in the beginning definitely didn't make any so let me ask you a question let me ask you a question
3: so let me ask but you me a, a question, question. Uh, we gotta, gotta, gotta go millionaire well we we could we gotta go but i want to ask you one question and you you can answer my answer this question out of the last five years every single pay-per-view has made between 180 and 200 million dollars where does that money go most of it, yeah. Most of it goes into Dana White's pockets and the owners. Pockets. I rest I my case. I, I rest my case. Right. I rest my case. The guy is a greedy son of a bitch. Okay, that's what he is. He's a greedy s o b.
6: But it's a but it's a business. Someone just paid five billion dollars for that business. They want to get their money back. They're not doing it for charity. It's a business. I that's under- what it is. You don't and 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 that's what's happening right now. You don't like it? Go to Bellator.
3: Go to Bellator, and and I'll tell you this right now. Eventually, the way the UFC is going, and the way the, there'll be an organization that will eventually come out that will pay the fighters. It will be a bigger organization where fighters are going to want to go and fight out. Bellator is just Bellator is just poorly run. That's the that's the problem with Bellator. No, I I do
4: agree. They they're poorly run. Unfortunately, the the heads of that organization are just proven to be failed administrators of other organizations that have failed.
3: Poorly run. It's a poorly run organization. CFL
4: is actually, I think,
6: probably doing a hell of a lot better in some ways. But but Anthony, hold on. I'm going to ask you this because Errol's just unreasonable and it's for Dana White, right? But should not that show you the fact that all these other MMA organizations, Bellator and, and all the likes of them, right? Mm-hmm. are so poorly run doesn't that give more credence to how well Dana White because does he things?
3: took the market well, he took the market before they even came out but you want to know
4: something and here's the thing when you when you talk about promoters you know being you know greedy or Dana white being greedy the motivation of any promoter is to make money I, I love when I hear promoters saying it's because I have a love of the sport and this and that and all that stuff you know putting up an event, you know, you're sacrificing. You're taking a chance every time you put up money for an event, especially some of these smaller shows and everything. You have to make money. That's your that's your motivation. So when people say, "Oh, it's because Dana White's greedy and this and that," yeah, that's his motivation is to make money. It is making money in a sport that he likes. You know, ultimately. So, no pun intended. I mean, but, what's
6: I mean, what's wrong with Dana White wanting to be
4: greedy and make money? I listen. The rest of I, I never the rest of are... knock the rest a promoter of for want to making money. money. I never do. I never, I never knock a promoter from making money. I just don't like when promoters turn around and aren't honest about the fact, hey, listen, I want to make money. Instead, they turn around, well, we're trying to – I, I want to put my mark on the sport and all this. I don't care about the money. A promoter saying I don't care about money
6: is the most absurd thing I've um, ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, they're, they're lying. And, you know, I mean, everyone's er- er whole point about, oh, who's getting all the money – well, you wanna know what when when there's a boxing event, okay, the top the top bill on the car, the, the the Floyd Mayweather uh, you know, event at the top of the car makes all the money. What are the undercard guys making? Ten grand to get in there and slug it out with the that's nothing. Oh hold on one second.
3: And I'm 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 gonna tell you this for a fact. The undercard boxers on a um, main event are making a hell of a lot more than ten thousand dollars, buddy. They're making uh, a hell of a lot. Uh, just a hell of a lot. One thing, one thing that doesn't change is how accepting
4: uh, a lot of businesses and sponsors are to promote the sport. A lot of the big companies to put the money behind, you know, to reinforce the purses for boxers. It's always going to be a lot more accepted than MMA or people that see the brutality of MMA. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're you right. You know what I mean? So you're, you're, right. you're You're always going to see Budweiser or something saying, mm-hmm. you know something? We'll give you $20 million to put towards that purse. <laughs> And you know we'll put like you know, but then what do you see when you see beer? What what? Let's be real. What beers do you see mm-hmm. on the other shows? What Modelo, Budweiser versus Modelo? Let's go. It, Come on. It, like having it, a lemonade stop stand. It
6: now next a delicious to.
3: beverage.
4: <laughs> you know something.
3: It's I, only I Jeff. Only Jeff. Only Jeff. It's Jeff. But Jeff, thank I, you for calling, I, buddy. I, I, I will not stand
6: for Modelo <laughs> slander. It's a delicious beverage.
1: Uh,
3: thank you for calling, Jeff.
6: You you know it is. Come on now. If, if you have the choice between Modelo and Budweiser, which one are you drinking? So, I'm I'm a Dos Equis guy. Modello's so close to Dos Equis. I'm lying. I'm so just being sarcastic. I was waiting to hear to say something. Lot, it's a whole lot closer than Budweiser is. The only reason I why I drink it. it is for the
4: mo- most interesting man in the world. That's all. <laughs> the only people uh, that I'm
6: drink it. Budweiser. I'm trying to take over. I'm trying to take over his
4: Confederate flag. No, I'm serious. I'm trying to take over as the most interesting man in the world. You know, I'm trying to go with that whole idea of what was it? He celebrates the Cinco de Mayo on October. Day Ocho or something yeah. like that.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> My God. I,
5: mean, uh, I don't know if you're the
6: most interesting, but you're pretty interesting, Ethan. Thank I really you, I you you appreciate that. that. Uh, well, I, at, I, least, I, he likes why, uh,
1: at it, least he it, likes now you. Now I
6: know why Ello got a bigger guy for this show because you got to carry his dead weight all over this show. Get right? a smile. Yes. Do you want to
4: talk about carrying dead weight? This chair is not carrying dead weight. In fact, I mean, I'm doing like freaking. You know, leg exercises keeping my fat ass up on this thing. I'm
6: actually just teetering just on saying, the swivel. I'm just saying you must be a strong dude because you've been carrying Errol the entire time.
4: Well, I'm a strong show. dude is, because I'm carrying it. my fat ass
6: on this chair for this.
4: Jeff,
3: time. no matter what you, you say, you man, sweating over here? and no matter what you say or what you you put out there, everybody knows you're full of you know what. So that's all right. What,
6: what are you talking about? I've made some terrific points. I think. Oh, the, really? God, I'm winning defending You are not dude, winning Dana anything.
3: White, you are not winning anything, dude. Because everything you've said, we've come back with an ultimate back tack right there. So, I, I, dude, I, to me... When Dana, White, when Dana White bought UFC, no one
6: wanted it. No one. It was considered, like, basically shooting no, cox no, like, First of all... For, not first he of all... turned it into one of the actually, biggest, biggest... You want to know players. what's really funny? There was
4: one person out there... That did want to buy. There was a competitor with the, with Dana White and the Fertitta brothers. And surprisingly, he didn't get it with all the money he has. It was actually Shane McMahon in the WWE.
5: Um, he was actually going to buy disaster.
4: it. Hey, listen. WWE is falling into the same thing right now that UFC is. When you have no competition, you monopolize a sport, what happens? It becomes a soap
3: opera, and that's what they are. They're a big soap but, opera. But don't,
6: you think, don't you think every July... I really feel like this with every league: the NFL, NBA, right? Uh, there's always ebbs and flows in interest in the sport, depending on who's there. You know, like I mean, the NBA was like kind of a dead sport until Larry Bird and Magic Johnson kind of revived it in the '80s, right? One big plus for
4: for revi- revitalizing UFC: get rid of the Bellator contract.
3: Here, even a bigger plus:
4: the Bellator. Get rid of the uh, get rid of the uh, Reebok contract. Yeah, it, you get rid of the Reebok contract. It's not gonna
3: happen. It's not going to happen because Dana White's making his money off of it.
6: Right, so you might be going kind of through a little bit of an ebb right now in the UFC, where like, okay, not every fight is interesting. You don't want to see every fighter, but you know it comes in waves. Like, you know Conor McGregor kind of saved the interest in that sport. You know they had, you know they were missing stars, and Conor McGregor stepped into that role for
4: a while. I'm looking for there to be a sponsor that comes in to ultimately say bring us in and and get rid of the Reebok deal. Until that happens, until they can basically compensate for that Reebok deal, when you take away the fighters' independent, you know, right to make their own money like these other organizations – that's why you're not going to see a lot of fights and a lot of matchups that a lot of people would like to see. That's why you're not going to see Michael Chandler there. That's why you're not going to see guys like you know Lance Palmer there or Andre Harrison. Andre, Andre Harrison is a good fighter. He's a great fighter. He should have been there a long time ago, but I don't blame him for staying in the PFL. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, the tournament style that they have, winning a million-dollar check right off the bat, and on top of that, I can make my own money. Mm-hmm. Outside with nobody saying anything, mm-hmm. and I could sell whatever the hell I want endorsement-wise, and nobody could raise an eyebrow to nothing, you know,
3: it's you, a lot you were, more all, intriguing. All, all Dana White wants to do is
4: control everything. And with the PFL, think about it. Nobody's really making the matches. The fighters are making
3: their matches. You mm-hmm. win, you're in. Mm-hmm. It, it it's it, all it's all it, it all goes back that Dana White wants to own and run everything and that's the problem but how many, with Dana White.
6: But here's the question on the PFL though, right? Like how much money are those guys making? Are they are they making more money doing that than they would fighting in the UFC considering You wanna they know would something? Be... They
4: are no, in a way they are. Because you know what? It doesn't you see how it's going right now where oh now we have to cancel a fight mm-hmm. because he's not here, he's in Russia. Oh now we have to, we can't do this. <laughs> There's always going to be that fight. They know right off the bat, if I win, I'm fighting uh, six weeks down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting eight weeks down the road. I'm fighting... They actually will fight more in a year for the PFL, leading to a million dollars and continuously making their um, individual endorsements, money yeah. endorsements-wise mm-hmm. than all of the public services contracts that they have to deal with, with the UFCs and the signings that they have to do. And, you know, the appearances but, that we all forget that they have to do where how much more money are they really seeing for those? It's built into the you contract. You don't see
6: that as like a double-edged sword because from where I stand and how I look at it, and, and listen, I'm open to being wrong on this, right? But if you're making dudes fight every six weeks, every eight weeks, the more you make them fight, the shorter their career is going to be.
5: To, like, a, to an extent, I understand what you're saying. I understand what
4: you're saying. No, no, no. I absolutely understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to cut you off. But in in a way, these guys, is it a double-edged sword? In a way, it is. But when you think about it, you, I'm using Lance Palmer's name again because he is a multiple tournament champion, mm-hmm. okay? So right off the bat, he's got, I think he's like 10-0, and 0, but in a tournament style, won a few million dollars already outside of the UFC, which, let's be real, a lot of guys are not making more than a million dollars outside of the UFC, So now if he gets presented with the Dana White offer, he could literally turn around and say he can write his own ticket. He's building up his resume as a competitor Mm -hmm. the same way Michael Chandler would. And in some ways, Demetrius Johnson is now. and,
3: And the same way Conor McGregor did. I mean look at where Ken When he was Con- in cage wars, yep. he was a
4: multiple mm-hmm.
3: simultaneous champion, mm-hmm. had two belts, two divisions, the same way he did over here, mm-hmm. and he did it over there when he was what, sixteen? Mm-hmm. Seventeen. Uh, on welfare. <laughs> on welfare. As a pl- as an apprentice plumber. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even a plumber, he was an apprentice plumber. On welfare. And had nothing. He had nothing. And now he's a multimillionaire. Um he's worth I think he's worth hundred and sixty two million dollars. Mm-hmm. So that that tells you, you know, and I'm not taking away the business side of Conor McGregor. You can never take away no. the business side of that guy. The guy um, knows how to make it. Don't be surprised. Yeah, but here's the thing. Proper number 12. Do not be surprised. At some point,
4: he will buy a position in one of those offices at the UFC when it's all said and
3: done. I doubt it. That I will not believe. It, I will not believe that. I'm not saying how much of you, an impact he would have. How many years, how many years is he trying to get stock in, in the UFC and, and Dana White told him to go fly kite? There's no way he's going to be... I, there's no way. Dana White will not allow it. As much as he loves him, it'll never happen. Jeff, thank you, my friend.
6: Always, always a pleasure to listen to the ramblings of a madman, Errol. Good for
3: you. <laughs> thank you.
6: Anthony, uh, be well.
3: Have a good buddy. That's Jeff for you. Big pain in the ass. Madman. I'm just speaking the truth. And Jeff always thinks he's right. He reminds me of uh, my old partner, Mikey C who always thinks he's right. a matter of fact, he comes out and says he's 90% always right, which is completely wrong. Well, we went over almost an hour and a half of our show, but you want to know something? It was a good show. Time
1: flies when you're
4: having
3: fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, We had a really good show. I mean, some of the intake and some of the the different stuff we got into, I mean, it was was a good show. And I I want to thank Ryan Castro for joining us. I'd like to thank uh, uh, Coach Chris. I can't pronounce it. Chris
4: Papandrea.
3: It. Papandrea. Dynamic
4: Jiu-Jitsu out in Rochester, yes. Indiana.
3: Chris, for, thank you for joining us. Uh, Sabretooth for calling the show. Um, thank you, Jeff, for pissing me off. I mean, uh, all the people Is that... It's really a show without Jeff,
4: though. Come on, you have to give him a little bit.
3: No, I love, I love Jeff. I mean, Jeff makes some quality points. He just doesn't really know what he's talking about when it comes to mixed martial arts and the fact that he thinks Dana White is uh, is god's gift to the world is ridiculous uh, dana white has I didn't say Dana White was a god's gift to the world I didn't say you I said Jeff and he 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 for some reason he has some 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 kind of infatuation with him and could be, by the way but anyways 6319654990 is the number the other number is 6319718070 remember you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com you can follow us on all our social medias go on the website we will be back in 2 weeks i'm sure we'll have um we'll have new guests and mm-hmm. we'll have a lot of fun and Like I said, guys, we talk MMA, we talk boxing, we talk all combat sports. We like when people want to add their two cents into the conversation because it it gives it a little bit more um, flavor. To the show and i I really I really love when Jeff calls the show, so Jeff gives it a little and Jeff likes to heat you know try to get me heated, but it, it doesn't work anymore he used to, but it doesn't work anymore it, it really but thank you Anthony for uh being my partner and uh, obviously yeah, you're yeah. the anchor of the show, so well, there you go that's because I'm fat as hell. no, I can no. anchor anything. <laughs> You know, I mean, where was I? I mean, too bad the ti-
4: I wasn't around for the Titanic. You know what I mean? Oh, would have been a totally different story.
3: No. Well, Jeff yeah. is the Titanic.
4: Uh, Jeff would never be the Titanic. Did you see the picture I have? No, because I'm actually envious. I wish I was that size. Well, hold on a second. You never saw Jeff's famous picture? Yes, the one in the boat. Yes, there he is. That was him. That would that, That's me after, like, you know... No, that's Jeff. F- that's Jeff. Well, we all know Jeff doesn't look... I mean, the... The facial expression is worse. <laughs> He's got that something about Mary hairstyle, you know, the Cameron Diaz thing going. That's right, yeah. You know, it's that
3: shock, like. <laughs> well, that's it for Caged in MMA. Remember, guys, follow us, search us. We should set up a Facebook, Twitter, and an Instagram for our show. We should. Maybe I'll let you do it. Okay. You could do it, and you can control it. And, uh okay. You know, we'll get some stories, and we'll get some people to follow it and uh, link into us. So we, uh, so I, I have the rule of
4: you have the people. rule of thumb. I can block whoever I want. You
3: can do whatever you want. You so can I just
4: reroute Jeff's stuff to you, and then I'll take care of the rest.
3: Yes, and I'll send you the pictures. I'll send you whatever you need. We'll set it up: uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, people can follow us. Sounds good. Yep. So I want, I want to thank all the the different people, the fans, uh, everybody that listens to our shows, interacts with us. Um, all the guests that come on our shows, we really appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned for a lot of better shows and, and a lot of funnier shows. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody that puts up with Jeff from Tampa. And anyways, that's it for our show. We will be back in two weeks. Until then, this is Errol Marks and my partner, Anthony Andorosi, saying good night. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! Introducing first! Out of the blue corner. Right there, right
1: there. Hold on, right there. Boom! I faked him. Oh! Sh- whoa! That was. Whoa! I'm back. But my babo, how you say that?
0: I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna drink a Coors Lane.
1: Fighting
0: out of the red corner.
1: I completely dominated that fifth round. That fifth round want me to fight.
2: From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to
6: apologize. To absolutely nobody. <laughs>
0: show in America, Caged in MMA.